Hello and welcome to episode 371 of the award-winning Ferg on the Freak podcast. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And join me as always is St. Helens' favourite son, League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Going really well, Andrew. Um, it's interesting that I can basically snap my fingers and make St. Helens run to the media and cry. Uh, using anonymous sources, of course. But was, you expect something like that out of a club that was just too timid to get on a plane. It's, uh, I mean, there's no excuses, really, is there? None. None whatsoever. Oh, we sent an email. No one replied to the email. If you send an email, do you get replies? Um, I don't really send emails. Whenever I send an email, I get a freaking reply. And you know why? Because well, you're important. important. Yeah, exactly. So you knew, right? Yeah, I know, I know. Okay. So either St. Helens didn't send an email or they're admitting they're not important. Because see, like, peel back the curtain a little bit here. When it comes to all the business matters here at the Fergon the Freak podcast, and trust me, there's fuckloads of them, um, I just leave it all to Freaky because I know he's important. He'll get shit done. That's you know, just the way it is. People say business is about the way you communicate with people. I prefer threatening people. Hey, it works. It gets results. Yeah, I mean, you you didn't get that uh, three-story extension on the back of your house there by being kind. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, St. Helens, they said that they, they – we called. We called and no one answered. It's like, come on, man. It's 2022. The, did they send a fax? They, you know what? We could probably call Panthers Leagues Club right now and someone would answer the phone, okay? It's a gigantic leagues club. It's not hard to contact someone. It's I mean, not there'd like... Be someone, not, there'd be someone in the gaming lounge, surely. It, yeah, you could... I bet they've got like 15 different numbers you can call. We should do that right now. Let me call Panthers Leagues Club right now. and we'll, I won't say anything, but let's do this. Panthers Leagues Club number, right? Now, reception would be able to give you... Okay, here it is, right? I'm going to call it. Let me put it on speaker when it comes through. Audio, speaker. Look at that. It'll be two, event. Let's press six. Seriously. Like, how many options do you want? You just press for general inquiries. That's all yeah. you do. It's not like that. It's not. I don't know what they think that they're dealing with here in St. Helens. Like, well, another English football team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, well, we've got one phone. You know, it's probably a rotary telephone knowing them. But uh, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of funny, really. 
I mean, say we sent an email and we called and no one answered. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I maybe we can we should try and help St. Ellens out and give give them the Panthers fax number. Well, they've got a fax number. Like, I'm, oh, I'm sure they do. I mean, they're the most contactable club in there is in the cosmos. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's kind of crazy. It's crazy that a club would use that excuse in 2022. But, you know, what can you do? St. Helens is St. Helens. They're not quite Wigan. <laughs> and there it is. Um, so what's been going on in the world of rugby league this week? Well, because I've not heard of any drunken antics. I've not heard of anyone abusing any anyone. Um, it's been rather positive, which feels yeah. weird. Yeah, it does. Uh, well, obviously, the big news this week is that France will host the 2025 Rugby League World Cup. Um, it'll on be their the, own? Yep, on their own, as far as 70, my understanding is. 71 years since they created it. And they get it. They get it again. Um, they the it was interesting to hear the French president actually admitting or not admitting, but acknowledging that rugby league had had it, its assets seized by the Vichy government. Um, I thought that that was a big step forward. But did and I'm, I'm saying this on behalf of a lot of French people who love rugby league. Mm-hmm. Did he go as far as saying sorry? I I can't re- I don't think he said sorry. Nah, but they, he, they all they all refused to say sorry. Look he look, but when I read the quote, it was it was a pretty big acknowledgement of it. But at the same time, I thought one of the good things about it was it's about moving forward. Because I think that it would be really easy for the French game to get caught up. And I can understand why. It was terrible what happened to the French game. Oh, look, um, the, but I'll, I'll say this. The French rugby league hasn't got caught up in it. They're fully aware of what happened. Yeah. But they were always about moving forward and trying to get back to those glory days. Um, yeah. But it would be nice, even if it's tokenistic, who gives a shit, just to someone say from the government, you know what? Yeah, we fucked up. We're sorry. Mm-hmm. Not asking for anything. Sure, it'd be great to get your money back, but we know that's not going to happen. So, you know, a sorry, it's a nice gesture. And let us use the word rugby all the time everywhere. Yeah, no, look, I I get that. But, like, when you read the quotes, it was very much, look, this happened, we know it happened, and it it was looking forward. I think it was a moment that French Rugby League probably needed. Um... And I think it was a positive one. I really do. I'm um, no doubt it's positive. I just say, sorry helps. Just show me the money. That's what you want. Euros. Just start throwing euros at rugby league. That's what For we want. Inflation? Euros? I mean, that's probably worth, I don't know, seven, eight billion dollars by now. I wonder how much it is with inflation. I bet somebody could work that out, hey? I might see if I can find out. I know yeah, people. Look at a big it'd be you'd be hard pressed to find the value of everything that was taken off yeah, them when it was lit, it was literally everything. Yeah, I mean like, they took the the pads off the post, they took the footballs, the boots, you know, also every little piece of equipment there possibly was. They took the whole lot of it. 
when mm. they said they took assets, they t- they stripped everything, um, took everything out of the the uh, bank accounts, everything. No and then didn't let them use the word rugby. Yeah, no, I think it wasn't until the nineties, very yeah. early nineties, that they allowed that to happen. Yeah, and by then, like, no one understood what rugby league was anymore in France, as far as you know, the actual French populace who follow the local game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always just, you know, the thirteen aside game. So yeah, yeah. Well, this looked. Hopefully, this World Cup in twenty twenty five goes a long way to fixing that up. And it it kind of opens the French public's eyes again to what a great game rugby league is. Uh, my understanding is that they're going to try and play most of the games in the smaller um, cities. So they're not just going to play all of them, you know, in the big cities in France. They're going to try and spread it around a little bit, which I think is a good thing. Oh, they've got and, plenty of great little venues around everywhere there. Um, yeah, yeah. And they've played it. A lot of great venues, Carcassonne, uh, Villeneuve, um, you know, Perpignan. There's a whole heap of places that they've played a lot. Bordeaux, mm-hmm. um, in that southwestern corridor, they've played a ton of rugby league there, going back to the early 30s when they first started. Um, so it'd be good to to stay, you know, play a lot of the big games in those areas. Um, but still, you can branch out. As I said, I'd love to see a game being played in um, in Spain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Catalonia. Um, I don't want England to be playing their games in England. No, not at all. That not would be bullshit. All. Yeah, complete bullshit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be good. And you know what? It, it also brought up a couple of discussions that I saw on social media about whether the Catalan Dragons and Toulouse should be protected from being relegated from Super League leading up to the World Cup, which I think is... Not a bad idea. And I think it's something that Super League should be doing anyway. Like, if you're in a strategic expansion area, you should be protected from being relegated. Um, And, you know, those two clubs, they're vital to Super League. Super League needs to expand. You've got your expansion clubs. They're real clubs. They're not, you know, made up overnight or, or relying on some, you know, weird setup. They're real clubs. And they need to be protected. And I think that having them not uh, part of the relegation battle would be a good thing, not only for French Rugby League, but for Super League in general. I I would like to see them protected so they don't get relegated. But at the same time, even under the current system, I can't see either side being relegated in, at the end of next season. I think, Toulouse is, I think Toulouse has got too strong a side mm-hmm. to get relegated. I don't think they're going to be making up the numbers like Lee were this year. I think they've got quite a strong outfit, and um, I'd expect them to, um, you know, avoid last place, maybe even even second and third last. Um, I, I'd expect them to do better than that in their first season. Yeah. I just, like, I'm not sure about Super League this coming year. I think that with all the disruptions that they've had, um, where the game is at over there, you know, there's some clubs where their their squads they've actually reduced the number of full time players that they've got there. I, I just don't know how, you know, it, particularly the the bottom two thirds of the ladder, how it's gonna, all going to play out. It's probably um, not a bad thing to be honest that they're cutting down the size of the squads because some of those squads are ridiculously big. 
Yeah. Um, so they need to have some sort of mechanism in there to try and reduce those squad sizes so that the salary cap functions a little bit more um, reliably, I dare say, for, for all the teams. So at the moment, it's just if you've got the money, you can pretty much pay for anyone you want, really. It's not really a, a properly functioning salary cap. No, no, it's not a, at all. It's a tokenistic gesture. That's about it. Um, so they've they've got to find a way to work on it better. Yeah, yeah, and they've got to look. They've got to police it, and I think that they've got to set it at a realistic level because if the salary cap was working over in England, the top clubs wouldn't be picking the eyes out of the bottom clubs, which is what happens right now. Yeah, um, but no, that is fantastic news. I, I'm I've been wanting a full World Cup in France for donkey's years. I'm bloody glad it's finally going to happen. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Do you think that there'll be any problems with having two World Cups so close to one another? I mean, it's going to be three-year World Cup cycle, so we'll see how that works out. But um, I don't think so. You don't think so? No, the only problem you're going to get is the, um, the system they've got in place to secure, I think, usually the last two or three spots in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. That's usually a long process. So they've got to condense that down and make it a bit more streamlined, which is not a bad thing either. Yeah. Um, because you can't have these, um, you know, the, these these nations which are still getting set up, you can't have them spending money hand over fish traveling around the country with you know and around the world mm-hmm. with these squads of players just to play one or two games, and then they head back home. It's a massive expense. Yeah. And if you don't end up getting in the World Cup, then you've got to do it all again. And it's it's not equitable. So it's, I, they've got to come up with a streamlined version, which works better. And I think they, they've they got the Emerging Nations World Cup. Yeah. That needs to carry a lot more weight. So mm-hmm. that should be what they use to determine who fills the last, you know, two or three places in the World Cup where, where it needs to be, if that's an option to, to go with, perhaps. Because you yeah, haven't having teams like, you know, Jamaica flying all around the world and Ukraine and all that sort of stuff, um, very expensive and yeah. not good in the long-term future for these for these nations who are still trying to, you know, find their feet, so to speak. Yeah, very true, very true. Um, the other news is that NRL players are not happy about some of the COVID restrictions that the NRL asked them to live under coming into the pre-season this year. Um, They included not going to clubs, pubs, um, different, a number of different venues. Uh, Many of them weren't that big a deal. Like, I mean, it was, it was very basic things that they were being asked not to do. And a number of players on social media, let that be known. They were basically saying, look, we've been through this for two years now. We got double jabs, so we didn't have to go through this. And now we're going to have to live under lock and key again. They weren't happy about it. I believe the Rugby League Players Association is formalising something that they're going to put towards the N- to the NRL so that it's a little bit better for players um, off the field and being able to just live their lives away from rugby league, which is pretty important, actually. And uh, so we should see something about that in the coming weeks, I think. 
Yeah, I'm a bit 50-50 on this. Yeah? Why's that? Well, when when they're in the bubble last year, we were dealing with a COVID strain that wasn't highly contagious but was pretty bloody serious and put you in, you know, intensive care units and it was killing people um, much more um, rapidly than it, the current version is. The current version is far more contagious mm-hmm. but less deadly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the rules that the, have been put in place are about trying to keep players away from areas where there's, you know, a lot of people inside small rooms mm-hmm. where you can't socially distance. And it's about minimizing the risk of these players getting COVID, which is a smart thing. Let's be honest. The reason that the NRL didn't want to send players over to the World Cup last year was because the risk of getting COVID was too great. Yeah. And that's fair enough. Yeah. And, you know, at least, you know, I was being consistent with that. I think the players need to be smart about what they want restricted. So if they come out and say, we want to be able to go to pubs and stuff, we're going, yeah, you know what? No. If you want to go and watch a movie, if you want to go to a restaurant for dinner, maybe we can find some common ground there somewhere. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to let you go out and get pissed. We know what happens when that happens. Yeah, true. That I mean, it is a hard sell, and and I can see that point of view. I just think that uh, you know we've seen when preseason kicked off again, we saw a number of clubs had COVID that players turn up with COVID, you know, and it was dozens of people. It wasn't just players; it was you know staff as well. Yeah. And my understanding is from everything that I've read and heard about the Omicron strain is that. If you if you get the Omicron strain and you get through it and you get over it, the antibiotics that you have, they're they're better at stopping you from getting the Delta strain than the vaccines are. And so it made me question whether you would want your squad to, in theory, all get Omic uh, all get the Omicron strain now, so that coming into the season. If they do get COVID again, it's not going to be that Delta strain. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like the the way you deal with you know chickenpox, I guess. I guess in a way it is, yeah. But so it's uh, it, it's interesting. I I did hear that there were some reports from from medic medicos over in Africa mm-hmm. saying that yeah the the uh, Omicron strain is, has some some part of its genome is able to um, ward off the Delta strain. Mm. So that must mean we must be getting close to getting an actual cure for this thing. It'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it would be good because then everyone will stop buying fucking toilet paper like morons. Has that started again, has it? Yep. Wow. What's anything else, any new stuff that people have weirdly Water. been? Bottles of water. Heaps Can of I just water. say this to people? You've got taps. Our water's pretty good here, except if you're in Adelaide. But our water's pretty good here. Um, yeah, You can buy filtration systems. You don't need to buy bottles of water and fill up landfill with bloody plastic. Come on. This is stupid. I, my whole goal for my entire life is to leave the biggest carbon footprint I can. Like, I want people to be able to say, you know what? 
this dude, he went through all of the, you know, batteries. I don't use rechargeable batteries for my controllers and stuff. No, I use the disposable ones. I, I want people to say, like, you know that plastic that you can see in the oceans? League Freak contributed to that. That was all his. His all? fingerprints is on all of it. Yeah, yeah. People will just see you walk along the side of the road picking up rubbish going, look at that good bloke. And then they don't see you walking to the beach just dumping the bag full of rubbish into the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Just to be sure, he gets gets on a fishing boat, then he goes for like 15k down to the ocean and drops it out there and then pushes it all down, makes sure it all gets wet and sinks to the bottom. That's it. it. Now we're good. You get it waterlogged so it can get into the, you know, into the deep ocean and then it pops up somewhere off the coast of... The Western United States, I believe. That's where the big trash pile is. Yeah, that's right. We'll turn it over there. Be like a bunch of your old CDs, all your Celine CDs, Dion CDs, that sort of stuff. They'll all be there. Uh, I, and condoms. So many condoms. <laughs> <laughs> People, don't be mistaken. Don't think the freak, freaky here is a bit of a root rat. He thinks they're gloves. Yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about, condoms. Yeah. 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 They're not gloves, mate. you got to stop trying to what wear them mean? as gloves. What do you mean? They're really good. Condo- what, what else would you use condoms for? Okay. Oh, You're being silly, Andrew. I don't know what else you'd use a condom for. We'll have a chat later, mate. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, so what else has been going on? Is that pretty much it? That's pretty much it that's going on in rugby league. It's been pretty quiet. Um, I think people have been focused on uh, not only the vast evil empire that is a Serbian tennis player for some weird reason, uh, <laughs> who's just, I don't know what he's done. At, like, if he turned up, fucking cunt. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought a tennis player would turn up for the Australian Open, how dare he? Um, Did so you know that he that... had to have an interview about why, you know, with with um, about his visa? Yeah. And the first question he gets asked, as everyone does, is what was the per- what is the purpose for your visit to Australia? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you you don't know this man, <laughs> like at all. You've not just pumped his punched his name into Google just to see what would happen. I saw so many things talking about like. Because I'm not following it that closely because I don't care, right? I, 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 he's not the evil person that they're all making him out to be. He's just some tennis player. And tennis players are all crazy. We know that. They're like swimmers. Tennis players, swimmers, and I'll leave it there. But <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get him in a lot of trouble. But... I knew what the next one was going to be. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> The uh, uh, he's like I I had heard so many things about like they're not letting him in the country and then it turned out he'd been here for a while and then it's like they've kicked him out and it's like no he's in actually staying in a hotel at the moment and then it's like Australia the, the government has won they're going to kick him out and it's like oh no they gave him a visa anyway at the end of the day there, there was a funny story going on about how the Serbian government was going to um, organise for food to be sent to him I got. First thing I thought was this bloke's worth what two hundred million dollars? I think he's fine. Like if he has to go yeah. to a vending machine to get a packet of chips, I reckon I reckon he might be able to cover it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like I mean, 
what is Serbian food? I don't know what they eat in Serbia. Like, if you had to guess, what is Serbian food? I, I, mean, I mean, he's a professional tennis player, but I reckon the amount of time he spends in Serbia is about 15 minutes every year. He spends that much time on planes and in different countries. He wouldn't know what Serbia looks like anymore. Probably doesn't even know where it is anymore. I know that... Um, the All he words. lives on is just airports. Just airports, yeah. He's like Tom Cruise. Uh, not Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks in that fucking... Remember that one where he was caught in the airport transit lounge? I die hard too. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um, and he had to light the light the jet fuel on fire to get the planes coming in. That was a good right. movie. It's my favourite Tom Hanks movie. Yeah, that's great. But yeah, everyone's been focused on that and the cricket, which I haven't watched a single ball of. Um, I don't like any of the cricketers, so I think they're all a bunch of jerks. But it is good to see England losing. Uh, well, it's not just losing; they're getting caned. Are they? Yeah. I've not watched much of it either because I've been, you know, working. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I see the results in the news or on my phone when I'm on the train home going, oh, England's getting smashed again. Well, that's fantastic. That's their comfort zone. That's what they're good at. You stick yeah. with what you're good at. Exactly. Um, but that's it for any of the rugby league news or general sporting news. Actually, even. I was going to say, Paul Gallon had a fight recently, didn't he? And he absolutely bashed the living piss out of Darcy Lussick. Oh, did he? Say, so I, yeah. don't, I don't I mean, follow that. Who's, who's surprised by that? Well, I got, look, I've got to say, Paul Gallon, what an incredible athlete. He's what, a specimen. He just has something extra that most other athletes don't have. And I can't quite put my finger on what it is, but he's a tremendous athlete. Phenomenal. Incredible. Absolutely. I also saw that... Um, Joey Leilua made heaps of fans too. He basically, he was in a fight. I don't know who he fought. I don't really care, but he Did he uh, lose? I, I don't even know. I can't even tell you. But he basically had his fight and afterwards he uh, told the crowd to get stuffed. And <laughs> then there was an article that came out the next day that said that his outburst at the boxing is going to really put NRL teams off of signing or potentially signing him. And I was like, isn't this this dude that signed for Featherston or something? Yeah, like, like they, were, they were really queuing up beforehand. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if, so, you've, if you've been released from your contract by the West Tigers of all clubs, don't be expecting clubs to be lining up to sign you. Yeah. Everyone knows what the West Tigers recruitment's like. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it was a, look, it was a bad signing when they got him. And it, it just got worse. Conti- continued a long tradition, really. <laughs> but <laughs> it's a new era, which is beautiful, good. A beautiful tradition. Yeah, it's a new era all over again. Yeah. All right. Speaking of traditions, yes. we're going back to one of ours, it seems. Yes, we're going to go back to reading YouTube comments. Nice. We'll see how close we go to finishing them off. Okay. What do you reckon? I, I'm, I'm ready for it. My body's ready. All right. There's a few here from the uh, breaking news one you did about the Wolfpack withdrawing from the 2020 Super League season. Okay. Wow. That was a, feels like so long ago now, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, Simon Hughes says, Super League will probably help Sky TV because the English Premier League is finished this weekend. I know any content to put on the Sky Sports. It's a stupid decision anyway from Super League. Um, Sefo Asui says, I don't want to hear from the UK about expanding the game. They've been exposed as being full of shit. Only after a quick buck. <laughs> so true. He's absolutely got that right. 
Biggin from Wigan. He says, they were a joke club anyway. They used to train in England, plan to fly to Toronto the day before the game with the team they were playing against on the same flight and then fly back an hour or two after the match. Super League clubs like Wakey, Kaz, Salford will be better off without the extra cost of flying to Toronto maybe twice a year. Yeah, that's true. They will be. They'll uh, be able to just take a, a fucking Uber to their next game. It'll be great. Uh, see, if, if flying to Toronto is too much, then of course they're not going to fly to the Penrith. What it will, yeah, exactly. You know, although I'm sure that, you know, Wigan, Hull FC, Leeds, Warrington, I mean, they've all travelled over to Australia pre season. Yeah, they travel but, anywhere. You know, the big clubs travel. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, statistics the top 20 worst NRL teams of all time. And, um, Jill, um, avid listener. Probably our number one fan, to be honest. Yeah. She said, Wally proved that being a great player doesn't always mean that you can coach, unless you're Mel Meninga. If you start with a seagull as a mascot, you can't expect much. <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, Ivan and the Salty Spud. Glorious League Freak. Said, I really like everything that was said in this episode. And Carson oh. Brummer replied with, Except what you said, by the way. Are you keen for a discussion about marketing slash branding of the rugby league comps on different levels? Ooh, see, I would be. We we, well, we I mean, that's, get Carson on, hey. Well, he wants to do marketing. Yeah. So there you go. That's um, that's different to what we're normally used to him from. And uh, you, uh, you know, used to hearing from him. Yeah, I don't know. I reckon Carson would be like the first thing we've got to do is get Hugo Boss to design all of the jerseys. There's an idea. Mm. Um. The best NRL teams of all time by win percentage. And Glorious League Freak again with, I like the Penrith Panthers. They'll add their names to the list by season's end. I tell you what, they went pretty close. They did. Mm. Um, round 17 preview of the 2020 NRL season with Nadine. And NRL Jai's stuff said, was the Oporto good? The Oporto's always good, man. Your Porto is always good. I'll tell you what, we've got uh, over here, we've got KFC and Red Rooster have been walking, warning that they're going to have to take menu items off because there's a shortage of chicken. And let me tell you, if that happens with the Porto, we march. Okay? Oh, yeah. We fucking march. That, that yeah. We actually, what we do is we march to Red Rooster and KFC and we take their fucking chicken off them and we take it. We march with that chicken over to a porto. It says, here, cook it. Cook it for me, please. That's right. I am hungry. Yep. Um, our live episode on the Germany v. Netherlands game. Uh, We've got a comment there from Carsten Brummer, and he says, I should never do a live show for a German game with you. Hashtag <laughs> banned, hashtag blocked, hashtag back to the gulag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, uh, that that episode that we did that we had to take down with Carson, funniest episode ever. Easy. Oh, too much laughing. Yeah. It's too unprofessional on our behalf. Yeah. Um, Jill also replied on that one. Too much info freaky on your manscaping. Yeah, I can't remember what I said in that episode about our manscaping or my manscaping anyway. I assume it was something like, you know, mowing the 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 green hills and making them silky smooth or something like that. I can't remember. 
Or just yeah. probably about shaving my balls, hey? <laughs> You're massive nuts. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, Jill doesn't like to hear about my uh, genital, gen- anything to do with my genitals, apparently. I don't know. You joke. Yeah. I mean, it, I thought this was a safe space. Well, you know, she's, I dare say she's probably a very devout Catholic. It's probably, probably. <laughs> Um, on the breaking episode, Greg Ingles to make a comeback in 2021. Colin Hoyle says he definitely won't be playing at fullback. Why well, I probably got the best fullback in Super League in Stefan Rashford and the best up and coming fullback in Matty Ashton, who is also one of the fastest in Super League. He'll probably be in the centres or second row loose forward. Um, he ended up playing what two games, one game. Yeah, and and he was terrible. Like he, he turned terrible. up, he was so overweight. He looked slow. It was sad to see. Yeah. Um, thankfully, because it was in England and, you know, it was probably in a game that wasn't televised. We didn't really get to see much of it anyway. True, true. Um, best available coaches, Brisbane expansion, England versus Exiles episode. Me, me said, uh, this looks like it was talking about expansion there. Broncos head queue north of the river, east base south, east centrally located in Brisbane, seagulls to the east. Good people who don't know about the city have views on expansion. I don't know what he's talking about. But we have always 100% said when it comes to expansion in Brisbane, it's not for us. So, like, we'll give our opinions, but we understand it is 100% not for us. And, and, you know, you can't really complain. I mean, what are we supposed to not give our opinion on it? Of course we give our opinion. Yeah, it's it fucking podcast that's right we'll give our opinion whatever the fuck we want you you will listen to our opinion and you will adopt it yeah exactly you don't have to like it you have to accept it and live it exactly um rugby league in great britain becomes irrelevant carsten brummer he says i'm very angry if you want to do a podcast you can't publish i will be available (laughs) oh damn it uh simon hughes also says Maybe if you're based in Vancouver, they could play in the NRL. Be an interesting concept. Vancouver would be super difficult to get to because I think Vancouver, you would have to go Vancouver, fly to LA, and then LA to Sydney. That's a that's a big big distance. Yeah, it's a fair slope. Yeah. Um, the Wolfpack and the Make Rugby League Great Again petition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sefo Asui said, uh, "Keep it up, mate. Superb content." Them poms are useless as usual. Also very untrustworthy admin. And the result regarding Toronto shows that NRL have done more for the game as usual. Um, Play the ball rugby league channel says Super League have no idea how to conduct things. Look at their sponsorship. Free pieces for fuck's sake. It's beyond a joke. Darafell need to take some clubs. Leeds, Warrington, Wiggins and Helens, London Broncos, Catalan, Toulouse. Split off and leave the Super League who are anti-expansionists. Add some other expansion clubs into the second division like Dublin, Edinburgh, Newcastle, Thunder. Well, look, at, it looked at, I saw a thing the other day where they were talking about um, getting Super League and the Rugby Football League back together to be one administration again. And this is something that's gone on and off for 20-odd years. They've, they've sort of talked about it, they've done it, they've undone it and stuff like that. And it's just like at this stage, the game over there is so poorly run and English fans know it. Like there's a... It, there just comes a point where you've got to throw your hands in the air and say, well, what are you supposed to do, you know? Until the people that are running the games 
over there and the different leagues and all this until they're out of their jobs and they never lose their jobs. It doesn't matter how poorly they do. Till they lose their jobs, nothing's going to change. No. I do wonder, though, if having the two different administrations is actually um, wasting more money. Now, wouldn't it be smarter to have the RFL run everything? And the way you should always be running these things is Super League should be the money-making competition out of the three you're running. Mm-hmm. And the money you make there runs the clubs, make sure all the players are paid, and then you try and make sure that some money left over filters down to the next level down and helps them out, and a little bit more money is left over from that, which filters down to the third division, and the main aim is to keep trying to make money out of your top product, and more of that money will spill over into the grades below it, and everything starts to improve. That's how a smart business would work, I'd imagine. Yeah, and like the Super League clubs, all they do is they turn around and say, hang on, we make that money. Why would we give it to anybody else to deal with and to to fund the rest of the game? And, you know, it's just so much self-interest. And I used to write so much about it and how all of the changes that should have been made and they never were and stuff. And I just got sick of talking about it because it's just not going to change. And the game over there will just keep going in the same direction it has for the last, you know, 40 years. I just realised too, I was just explaining basically trickle-down economics, which has always failed. Um, <laughs> the, theory's, the theory is beautiful. Very romantic theory, but it never works. It works every, all right in the NRL, though. I don't know if they use trickle-down economics in the NRL. Well, the NRL... They, they've left the clubs to look after their lower grades more than anything else. The NRL doesn't really tip that much down there anymore. True, but the, a lot of the money that gets generated by the NRL does end up funding different things in rugby league that is not NRL related. Yeah, true, true. But, you know, everything that's NRL related is pretty much run by the, the clubs themselves. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm happy to see it that way. Can you I imagine the fine. NRL saying, oh, we're going to come in and take over the running of, like, Penrith Panthers junior development. It's like, go away. Well, exactly. Um, Brent Naden's positive drugs test plus mm-hmm. ask potato, hashtag ask the boss. Um, Carsten Brummer says, I would run your Insta, but I'm not sure if the French would like it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, NRL having talks to buy 51% of Super League for $134 million. Got to remember <sighs> that. Uh, hey, did, did we talk about the company that yeah. Super League went with? No, no, we didn't. Okay, so the there's company... Been, there's been an update. Yeah, there's been an update. So there was basically Super League was looking for somebody to buy equity. And a company come along and they did a deal. And my understanding was the deal was that if they would look at buying into it, but if they didn't buy into it, Super League would owe this company money. And of course, the company looks at the the Super League looks at their books and says, "Nah, I think we'll pass on this one." And so Super League owed them a ridiculous amount of money, like yes. I think it was something like seven hundred thousand pounds or something. That's right, stupid. Yeah. Well, that company have had their own problems since then, and I believe they're in liquidation at the moment. Yes. This is the company that the the Super League, in all their wisdom, went to the famous Rothschilds and they're the ones who linked them up with this business that's now 
you know, in a bit of hot water. Mm. So, there you so go. yeah. So it worked out really good for rugby league in the UK. Yeah. That's uh, that's probably one of their biggest investments for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and they got nothing. They got nothing at all. Yeah. They they heard us hanging shit on them about their Papa John's pizza deal. Mm. I said, you think that's bad? <laughs> yeah. At least everyone's getting free pizza out of that. The idea that the NRL was ever going to spend money to buy Super League, like you would would just be buying nothing. You literally would be buying nothing. I think Super League were kind of pushing that barrow because it wasn't going to be buying Super League. It was going to be basically a bailout package, I reckon. Yeah. Um, So in return, they'd say, okay, you know what, if you give us this money, we'll give you ownership of, of our game. And the NRL probably just went, probably just prefer just to give you the money and not have that burden attached to us. Well, <laughs> like, here, that, have the money, walk away. <laughs> the only way you could make it happen, really, is if they just bought the clubs. Because yeah. unless you buy the clubs, you don't actually own anything. And even then, you don't own much of anything at all. No. You know, that's the thing. So, I think if the NRL was to go ahead with it, they sh- they shouldn't just buy Super League either. They should go for everything the RFL has, and make that shit work better. Or even at the very least, say, look, we're not going to buy her, but we want to be your, we want to administer the competition. Yeah. And you know, there'd be. I mean, the first thing you would do is you would put a real salary cap that was audited in place, and it would be lower than it currently is. Um, and it'd be set up so that players all got paid. Yeah, yeah. And look, their top players would earn less money, but I dare say they they probably would be earning more along the lines of what they generate for their clubs anyway, if that happened. Um, and then the next thing you would do is start working on junior development over there, which has just gone down the toilet in the last 20 years especially. Yeah, we got Darts has probably taken more uh, rugby league players than rugby league is. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, Simon Hughes on that one said, totally agreed, the worst idea to put money into Super League. I agree with you. Every better spent in Perth, Adelaide and Wellington and maybe even Christchurch. That's true. Yeah. Um, the York City Knights Super League bid with Gavin Wilson. Mm-hmm. VSXG Mod says, just been to order my season ticket today. Good on you, mate. Awesome. I've been seeing some really cool things about uh, York. Uh, on their social media. Their social media is fantastic. So, yes. yeah, go check it out. Absolutely. Um, terrible NRL coaches, terrible NRL clubs, and Matt Moylan getting KO'd. <laughs> Rogue League History's got a few comments here in a row on a few different episodes. Yep. So the next uh, uh, five the next five are all from the Rogue League History uh, account. Okay, yep. They said, Rogue League Project's been like a Bible to me for a number of years now. Thanks, champ. That's awesome. Um, the 12 Days of Rugby League Christmas. Uh, good episode. Very politically incorrect. That doesn't sound like us. No, you must have been listening to someone else. Yeah. Um, dying clubs, relocation and expansion in the NRL. I think that might be our first episode. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, that's what I was um, thinking. I know some mainly Warringah people who are anti-North Sydney, but I think League Freak is probably one of the most anti-North people I've ever heard. LOL. <laughs> not anti-North. It's just they're dead. <laughs> it's not anti anything it's just you know north sydney what are you supposed to say it's rest in peace um we've been turning the house down league freak is one of the most politically incorrect people i've ever heard 
Um, the top 20 worst NRL teams of all time, poor old university. Yeah. Um, a busy day in the NRL. Beanie Car says, hey, I subscribed. Excellent. We love it when people subscribe to yeah. the YouTube channel and the podcast in general. It, it, Every single person who listens to this podcast should go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Um, a busy day in the NRL with some big bad ads said, if the NRL was being formed today, there would be at least four teams in Brisbane. As a one-eyed Broncos fan from Queensland, I believe in hindsight the Broncos bid to join the New South Wales Rugby League was a poorly thought out idea. Considering having a city of around 1.3 million at the time, having one team representing Brisbane as a whole in the New South Wales Rugby League, at that time Sydney had 11 teams based in Greater Sydney, which at the time had a population of 3.5 million. Brisbane had its own rich history of rugby league dating back to 1909 that has been largely forgotten since the formation of the Broncos, which caused dissolution amongst a lot of rugby league fans in Brisbane. Yes, but this is a problem, though, is that... The Broncos needed to come in when the Brisbane Rugby League competition was struggling, which was in the, you know, 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. It's gone through a bit of a phase there where it was starting to struggle. I mean, Rugby League in, in Sydney was a bit too, to be honest. But Sydney expanded, added mm-hmm. two extra teams. Um, but by the late 70s and throughout all of the 80s, some of those teams in Brisbane, in the Brisbane comp, were... You know, damn near world-class sort of sides. Mm-hmm. And it was it absolutely decimated them when Canberra came into the comp because a, a lot of the players that were up there that wanted to play in the Sydney competition left Brisbane to go and play for um, the Raiders. Yeah. And then Broncos came in six years later, and that just ripped the guts out of the entire BRL competition, so yeah. much so that it became a, a second-tier comp after that. Um, but yeah, it, it did, it did hurt the local competition, but at the same time, it increased the viewership of rugby league in, in Brisbane, I think, and got a lot more eyes on the game from up there and helped expand the game further north of Brisbane and to North Queensland and and so on. So, you know, over time, it wasn't a bad, a bad idea, but when it first happened, it was it was horrible for a very strong local competition that they had. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you've got to start somewhere. You've got to start with the first team. And, you know, when you look at the way that rugby league competitions are, I mean, I look at the women's competition and forever you heard that if you started with clean slate in rugby league in Australia, you'd have four teams in Sydney and then you'd go from there. And it's, you know, you look at the women's competition and they're just giving teams to the exact same clubs and they're going to have the exact same problems. They're going to have too many teams in Sydney, and it's going to be hard to have a proper national competition because of that. So I think it's probably the best-case scenario you could have got, especially at that time. Yeah. And keep in mind, they had the Gold Coast Tweed Heads come in in 1988 as well. So it's uh, they tried to bring in two teams in Queensland. The problem was the Gold Coast were just terrible, really. It's, it's been a quagmire for any sporting team. Yeah, it really has. It's kind of weird, hey? Yeah. Um, the Parramatta Eels' decision to ditch their cheerleaders with Julie. Um, Bruce15485, he says, whoever made this 
this decision did not have women's interests in mind. Parramatta Leagues, you have now joined the rest of the backward grey world thinkers mm-hmm. and God's elect at Lantisrael. I don't know what the hell that means. Um, Para, bring back the cheerleaders. I've supported the club for 40 years and hope they reconsider this uh, decision. Yeah, and, and it's weird. I guess that was pre-COVID. And, man, I, I don't know. I think they still don't have cheerleaders. No, I'm pretty sure they don't. Mm. Um, is Mitchell Moses better than nobody at all? Plus emails. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I can't, I can't understand why we'd be talking about Mitch Moses. I know, right? Um, it doesn't sound like us. Nah. Simon Hughes. You guys are talking about the NRL not having a streaming service internationally. Actually, do. It's called NRL Watch. Anyone else of Australia, New Zealand, Pacific Islands can watch it, pay a monthly subscription or yearly subscription. Okay. Yeah, we don't live outside Australia, so we didn't know that. Yeah, didn't know anything about it. I wonder if it's um, still going. Geez, that would have been a great thing to advertise. <laughs> I know, right? I dare say they've probably stopped it now. Yeah. Um, leave State of Origin alone. Sefa Astui says... NZRL is basket fucking case. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Penrith finally have to have the clap. Oh, Penrith finally happy to have the clap. Yes, that's when uh, we destroyed the Canberra Raiders at Penrith. Remember the Canberra Raiders that's, were full of right. happiness and joy and we sucked it out of them and then started doing the Viking clap at the game. It was yes. great. Good times. Um, Sefo Asui again says, I love the Crichton mind games, the harms in Lion Cleary, Master Nugget 2-0, giant kick out on the rest, the edge with which Penrith play totally different, but feels totally right. Proper footy. Yeah. I, you know what? I reckon they're going to do something, that Panthers team. They're going to go places. Yeah. I, I um, see. I see. I know this is going to sound Phil Gouldish, but I think they're going to win a premiership no. in the last three years. So we'll keep... That's a hot take. I knew I knew Ivan Cleary's son, who comes from a long line on both sides of great rugby league players. I knew he was going to be a good rugby league player, Andrew. You just knew. There's just something about it just jumped out at me. I think it might have been his eyes. Possibly. Yeah. Um, the Matt Burton contract situation with special guest Nadine. Mm-hmm. Um, TBO Mars says, sounds like a bunch of salty Penrith fans. Can't keep them all. Wow. We can't. We, we, I think we said that. We can't keep them all. Yeah. <laughs> so, was, stop being salty. I know. It's, everyone says it's salty. It's like, I had somebody on Twitter last week saying that I was uh, a miserable Panthers fan. <laughs> and it's like, we've just had like two of the best seasons in the history of rugby league, and one of them ended in a premiership win. Like, what the fuck would we be miserable about? It's been great. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, George Williams, James Hooper, and the Canberra Raiders drama. And uh, Daniel Matua replied with, Baldy strikes again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Sharks on Nico Hines while old farts attack DCE. Yep. Um, Alan Shearer, 043, said Kennedy signed a new contract last week. Bob Kennedy. Okay, we must have missed that one. Yeah. Um, Rugby League in the United States with Brian Lowe. Yeah, that was a really good podcast. That was good fun. The Play the Ball Rugby League channel said 
Thanks for the upload. Hopefully you can get someone from the USA Rugby League to give us an idea of the challenges they face to run a competition during COVID and in the future how they plan to progress the US national team. It's obvious the split from the NARL did the sport no good and no doubt this current situation doesn't look any good, especially when you have a league of 12 to 14 teams with a budget of 4.5 is laughable. There needs to be someone, which I doubt exists, throwing at least 50 million, the more the better, to fund this for at least five years. They need to be in it for the long haul, for people to start taking it seriously. Not to mention, make an effort to get junior clubs and high school programs, not just touch footy, but contact tackle rugby league. Can't see it happening in this lifetime or in any lifetime, as there is already plenty of sports to choose from over there. But now I encourage the USA Rugby League, California Rugby League, and anyone pushing for expansion and those who have worked hard to establish the sport over there already, guys like David Newey, who were part of the old AMNRL and the Tomahawks. All their work in establishing sport over there hasn't gone unnoticed, but it needs to be kept up and maintained for it to progress. The more experienced people involved, the better to raise the whole standard at every level of the sport. Ricky Wilby, I can guarantee, is not the man who can do this. Well, look, I mean, the thing that I like talking to Brian is that he's he's super grounded, you know, and, and, he, and he calls a spade a spade, you know, and I think sometimes it's very easy when you get when you start talking about international rugby league matters to start wanting things to be better than they actually are and you know brian is very much a realist in terms of where rugby league can get to in the united states and i agree with him you know i i I think that's the reason why i like that podcast because there are a lot of things that he said in that podcast that i think people needed to hear um you know i think rugby league can be a, a pretty good sport over there and it can get to a certain level but it's not going to be the next NFL either. And, and people need to understand that. And, you know, I think that just having a, a really solid semi-professional competition over there or, you know, some sort of knockout tournament where there's, a, you know, an all right prize pool at the end of it that maybe attracts some players from overseas. I think that's the heights that you can get from rugby league in the United States. But at the moment, with COVID going on over there, you got the split in the game. I mean, there's one side of the competition that seems to have just stopped doing anything at all. There's so much going on. Maybe, like, it's probably not the time to get Brian back on just yet because there's so many other issues that are going on over there that rugby league people over there are dealing with ahead of rugby league. But down the track, we'll get Brian back on and, and he can give us an update on what's going on with uh, rugby league over there, it'll be good. Absolutely. Um, a big announcement for the podcast with a brand new co-host. <laughs> I think that was, was that because you there was a couple of episodes I'd recorded and then you, uh, maybe you'd been unwell or something. No, no, something no. happened. No, um, baby boy was born. So I didn't get to record any episodes uh, for a month. That's right. Yeah. Five weeks or Uh TBO Mars replied, you got me good. Haven't been watching as much in the last month due to working so much. Plus, it's only freaky with guests half the time. <laughs> but I clicked on this because I saw the title for the first 30 seconds. I was so devo, boys. Glad it was just a prank. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, who could replace Nathan Cleary? Moving the Sharks. COVID-19 strikes again. Sonny Liston said Chad Townsend would have made a good replacement for Cleary if he didn't move to the Warriors. Oh, man. That's a that's a hot take. Yeah. Should the twenty twenty one Rugby League World Cup be cancelled? 
Well, we were the first ones to bring that up, that it yep. should have been, and we were right. Ooh, as, as you'd expect. Stefan Asui said, this reeks this pommy BS. Rugby League World Cup fund will definitely go missing. Well, all you can go by is their history. Yeah. You know? And uh, John Superdude uh, on this one has said, dude, I just listened to this episode. Literally hours after I listened to this, Australia New Zealand pulled out. What the fuck? Yeah. See? We've got our um, finger on the pulse. Absolutely. Breaking news, Australia New Zealand withdraw from the World Cup. And Polves replied, I reckon Tonga will win or England. Um, Jordan William said, was looking forward to playing against or even watching the boys play New Zealand in the group stage and compete, but sad, it's understandable. Jamaican, by the way. Mm. Um, NRL bubble breach, Bulldog signings, the Eels lose and more reaction. Um, Matthias Shermanator says, greetings from Germany. I'm a first-time listener. Why can the Australians play cricket in the Caribbean? Why... Why they are at the Olympics? Of course, they got no Brisbane 2032. And I think the Union guys play in the UK in November. And in the UK, uh, 60% of people vaccinated. Australia's on the last place of the rich countries. I think you forgot to say that. Plus, play it this year or cancel it. By the way, who says that Australia is playing next year? COVID exists next year too. Greetings. You know, okay. he's got some interesting thoughts there. I, I, I can understand all of those points of view but you know australia and new zealand decided both to pull out of the tournament because they didn't want to get COVID. and let's be honest the rugby union guys playing in the uk they got COVID into their group we had we had australian olympians getting COVID. Mm -hmm. kind of proved the point as to why australians didn't want to go over there wasn't the uh, the Olympics memorable, by the way? The what? Yeah, exactly. Where were they played again? Japan, Tokyo. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. The um, they've got some good crowds there, though. Um, <laughs> don't go to England. Don't sign for the West Tigers, and don't try IKEA meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> and Rob JDM says. In quotation marks, this is from the podcast. Anytime your performance center has an axle, you've got some problems. Yeah. <laughs> One of the great quotes from the podcast, I think. It is. It must have been yours. <laughs> Breaking the 2021 Rugby League World Cup postponed until 2022. RJ World Sports News replied, so sad for this missed opportunity for rugby league in the UK, massively missed opportunity for mainstream exposure and all live games. Probably most of the games won't be broadcast by BBC in UK now either, as it has to contend with FIFA World Cup and Commonwealth Games next summer. So sad what's happening to our sport in the UK. Fans are walking away from the game, and it makes me sad to see. Not all are hardcore for life like me. Yeah, you know what? The other the other week when I was um, tweeting about the English club that isn't Wigan, um, I noticed there were a lot of a lot of the replies I was getting were from old dudes and it, it was just weird. It's like, you know, rugby league in the UK, at, at some point your fans, you got to replace your fans, you know? Yeah. You got to keep them. You got to get the next batch on board. Yeah. And that's, I don't know. It just worries me. It really worries but me. That's the thing. 
your current batch of fans will always be fans. You've got to try and get the next generation invested in the game. Mm. And England has not been doing that. You know, one of the funny things that come out of that the other week, someone said I was old, I'd go to their thing, they were old. Someone said (laughs) I was fat, I'd go there, they were fat. Someone said I was bald, I'd go there, they were bald. It was very funny. (laughs) Uh, The hypocrisy of life. Um, Same episode. A few poms here, I assume. Mm -hmm. Um, Disagreeing with us. Bobby Smith. Load of bollocks. Should have gone ahead without Australia and New Zealand. They both managed to send athletes to Tokyo. Kevin Moore replied to that with, spot on, mate. Olympics, cricket, Wimbledon. We could have kept the team safe. How can you say that when Super League teams were all having COVID? Well, the other thing is, like, they were, if they wanted to play it, they could have played it, and they chose not to. Like, Australia and New Zealand withdraw. If the World Cup had gone ahead, like, you know. Yeah. But, but they didn't. They chose to not play it. And that's, I mean, what did they want at the end of the day? I just don't know what answer they wanted out of Australia and New Zealand. The problem is that it should have been postponed months ahead of time. The Australian Rugby League had said, look, postpone it, postpone it, postpone it. They said, no, 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 no. And then it come down to Australia and New Zealand having to say, look, well, we can't send teams then. It, it it's just goes down to a lot of stupid decisions were made. And once again, it, it come down to an outside organization having to say, well, no, that's not how we run the game. And, you know, you expect that shit out of the international rugby league. They're fucking hopeless. Well, it seems that maybe they wanted Australia to play New Zealand in the final. There's that possibility, but can you imagine if they like England could have been in with a chance of making the semifinals if they went ahead and now they won't be. So it's a missed opportunity for England. That's pretty much it. I mean, England could have lost to someone else this time. Would have exactly. Been and they the would have. Yeah. They 100% would have. Uh, Kevin Morrill also said, COVID will always be here now. We need to get on with it. And he made another separate one saying, I don't think you Aussies realise how important this World Cup was to rugby league in the UK. The game's dying over here. For the good of the game, you should have come. If but you have to is- rely on yet another... Rugby League World Cup being hosted in England to try and keep your game alive. Spot on. You need to change the way you're running your game. Spot on. They were saying the same thing in 2000, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, how many World Cups were you supposed to have in England? All of them. I know. Every year. I know. Um, if the, and Kevin's still at it here. If the Australian team plays a game, that would be a real kick in the teeth for us in the UK. It would have been. I agree. And they didn't play gun. Another stupid rule change, Brisbane expansion news and huge fines. Blah, blah, blah says a video on relocation would be great. I think we've done that one already. Yeah, I think we've done a lot. You can talk about if the new city would accept a relocated club and what clubs look after the now teamless suburbs. Yeah, we've been through that. Yeah, we've done that quite a bit. Go back. Go all the way back to the first episode. You'll be fine. Um, another episode, another comment here from Don Bond said, "In all, all in uh, uppercase, by the way." So he's yelling. <laughs> this year has been the most boring season ever. I'm sick of watching VFL, Vlandy's football league. I'm switching to AFL. I don't care what people say. Melbourne still my cheaters. 
All right. <laughs> All right, fuck off. I tell you what, it was a shitty season last year. Oh, of course it was, but I'm, I don't care how bad rugby league gets. I'm not ditching it for AFL. Yeah, 100% not doing that. Um, the episode, Queen of the Nile. Carson oh, yeah, Brum- that's about the the poke machine money. Yeah. Custom Brummer replied with, why does Chairman Lee sound like the head of a communist Asian country? <laughs> it does. I don't know what you're talking about. He's a chairman. His first name's Lee. I don't know where you're getting at. He sounds like he should be overlooking a parade with, like... Tanks? Yeah, just tanks. Flags. Massive flags. Lots of flags. People walking in in lockstep uh, and then missiles that look impressive, but are probably just, like, grain silos on their side. Um, Why won't French people travel to pie shops in Warrington? (laughs) What a, what a title that is. That's a great one. Um, footy Balls has two comments here. Toulouse look good at the moment. France in developing some great players. Still heartbroken by Catalan loss. Can't blame the refs, though. Um, how to waste £750,000. Be Super League. Footy Balls again says, It sucks at a sport that I love so much. Seems like it's hanging on by a thread in perpetuity. At least NRL just signed $2 billion deal for TV rights. What the fuck? Doesn't Super League have online streaming service? Honestly, what's so damn super about the Super League? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's got. Imagine being a fan of rugby league in the UK. It would be terrible. An absolute punish. Yeah. Um, Greg Inglis's retirement and salary cap implications. Eye gouging injured players. This is a real old episode. This one. Mm-hmm. Um, rugby League history's back saying the birth of Fergo and the Freak. Yeah, just about was that. Maybe that was our second episode. Hey. Yeah, mm. where we we went with our planned idea for a podcast and ditched it after one episode. Yeah, we just threw it straight out the window. Yeah, because that's just, that's just what we do. Mm. Um, France takes on England. Luke Brooks not going anywhere. Footy Ball says, I was really disappointed with France's performance against England. They did especially horrible with fielding big-ass kicks, in particular Corella and Mourouge. It made me nervous for Toulouse next year. That's supposed to be fine, mate. Yeah, that, I tell you what, France early on were absolutely atrocious. That's what made that scoreline at the end of the game so shocking. Like, yeah. France, for the first half hour, were diabolical, and they still managed to get that close to England. Yeah. Well, England struggled in attack, something horrible. Yeah. Um, RJ Worldsport News also said, doesn't take much to be a superstar in Super League. What a load of rubbish. Completely disrespectful to the British and European game. You don't say. Yeah, that was the point. <laughs> <laughs> and then he then he goes on to say the same one. Sadly, we don't produce great halfbacks anymore than here in the UK. It's sad, really. We used to produce loads of them, but the game in the UK is not the same style. When we played off the cup rugby league, we produced so much talent. Now they're mainly characteristicless, and probably doesn't help that we try to copy the Aussie style of rugby league. We produce our best talent when we play off the cuff rugby league. Sadly, the British game has changed so much over the last twenty years. I don't think that's true because mm. I think the England sides that I remember that were very good in the 80s and 90s, they weren't playing off-the-cuff rugby league. They played solid structure rugby league, and they had a few good players who could play really good footy off the back of it. Um, yeah. Ellery Hanley, for one. Yeah. If he wasn't setting up the plays, he was turning turning order of play into fantastic play. So what you had were these world-class, absolute 
once in a generation champions who are able to take um, good, reliable footy and make it something better. And that's what you're missing now. The only teams I know of that played off the cuff rugby league when they were at their best was France. France. And you know what? Newcastle were pretty good at it. But once again, it's like they would do it off of the back of a structure. It was a very loose structure, but they still had it. Yeah. And yeah, I've look, I've heard this said uh, many years about rugby league in the UK and, and it would be like, well, we, we shouldn't be trying to play the Australian style of game. And it's like, it's not the Australian style of game. It's rugby league in, you know, in the, in the 90s and, you know, 2000s and 2010s. It's if you're not playing that style of game, you're playing a style of game that is from the five metre era. Yeah, that's right. You know, it, it just doesn't make sense. That's, to me, it doesn't make sense, that sort of thing. And I, I agree with you completely that when the last time you and me saw Great Britain teams that had good plays in them, the thing that made them good is that they did play with structure and they played well within that structure. And then you get somebody that would be able to break from that structure when they saw something develop in front of them because they were playing with structure. Yeah. That's the thing is... Um... You got one of the best halfbacks that England had in the mid to late eighties, early nineties, and it'd be Andy Gregory. Mm. But you're not going to find a highlights reel on him because that's not the sort of player he was. Mm. What he was is he's a bloke who would set everything up, he'd run the plays, but he wouldn't be doing the amazing shit that turned set plays into point scoring moments or moments of absolute brilliance. That's what you had your superstars on the side for. You had Martin Afire, Ellery Hanley, um, Gary Schofield. There's a few more others in there as well. You had those sprinkled around on the edges everywhere. And so they could just pop up whenever they needed to and turn structure into fucking brilliance. That's what they did. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I just think that I, I, I felt like for a long time there's this idea of, like if, if an Australian, and, and I say this because we're in Australia right now, so we kind of know what we're talking about when it comes to Australians. But if an Australian closes their eyes and thinks about what rugby league is, is and an Englishman does the same thing, we're both thinking of very different things. And I think you see that come across in rugby union as well, where in England, rugby union is very much about kicking. And in like Australia and New Zealand in particular, it's supposed to be more of a running game. Yeah. And I, I just think that that's something that is hard to, hard to change, hard to get across into the English game. Um, you know, and I don't know how you do that. I, know, I just put it down to the Australians and the New Zealanders are just a lot stronger. So that's why they run and that's why the English kick like girls. Better, smarter, stronger, better looking. That's what we're saying. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, what else have we got here? RJ World Sports News. Same episode says, the not world-class Tonga beat Australia not so long back. England don't need to play France a bunch of times. England need to play New Zealand and Australia more often like in the 90s. The last time England and Great Britain were generally at the elite. It's sad, really. Where's the Ashes series? What's happened? Get it back. 
We need to be playing Aussies more regular. It used to be the biggest game in rugby league. We got yeah, rid of the Ashes not, because England but, were getting flogged yeah. a lot. Yeah, like do, seriously, it, like Australia playing England wouldn't be my top ten Test matches I'd want to see because I've seen it. I know how it ends. Yeah. You know, and say Tonga isn't elite. Like, come on, man. This reminds me of the um. This is going to be a cricket reference here, but in the uh, mid nineties. Australia played its last ever five test series against the West Indies mm-hmm. because we annihilated them. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. So ever since then, we've gone, let's just play three tests against West Indies. Yeah. And that's what we've done ever since. Sometimes you just got to accept reality is what it is. Yeah. Sometimes things are just over, you know, yeah. and you, you, what are we supposed to do? Like keep playing Ashes series after Ashes series against England in rugby league and hoping that one day we can have some feelings because England got close in one of the matches. Like I, I just got, it just gets boring seeing Australia beat England or Great Britain or however they want to put them together. I just, I, I don't want to see that. I'd rather see Australia play Fiji or PNG or Tonga or, you know, New Zealand, uh, just whoever. I don't mind seeing Australia playing against Great Britain, but I don't want to see an Ashes series anymore. I think, Test series are a thing of the past now. What we, The way we've got to be using International Rugby League now is promotional, and it's got to be about um, improving all of the newer countries other than the ones that started the game, you know, over 100 years ago. Yeah. So, you know, Australia's got to – if they're going to play against Great Britain in England, they go there, they play Great Britain once, they play France once, they play Wales once, they play Scotland once, they play Ireland once. You know, you play a bunch of teams, you play them all once, then you come home and you go, you know what, we've done our bit for all of these nations. They've all had this one opportunity to sell one big game. That's what you do to, to promote it. Mm-hmm. And then you come back here and you get England to come back here and they come over here and they can go around and they can play Fiji, Tonga, Samoa, Papua New Guinea, New Zealand. They can play all these nations and the same goes on. That's how you got to start working this thing. Having the two oldest international sides playing each other three times isn't promoting or expanding the game anywhere. Like yeah. It's probably helping English Rugby League, but, I mean, they don't do anything with the assistance anyway. We've seen that with how many World Cups have they had in the last 15 years, 20 years? Yeah. Every second World Cup. They've done nothing with it. Yeah, and, and like... They the, lean on it now. Y- yeah, and you can't. Like, they've no. got to... They've got to stand on their own two feet. And that's the thing about France getting the World Cup. It's like, finally, we're going to take the World Cup somewhere where the game is moving forward, you know? And, and I, I just think that at some point, English Rugby League needs to be like, we need to fix ourselves. It has to be from within because they point fingers at the NRLs this and the NRLs that so many times. And they leave out the fact that, you know, in, in 1980. It was the big comp was the Sydney comp, and now in 2022, we've we're going to have like you know three teams in Queensland, we got one in Auckland, we got a bunch in New South Wales, still we got Melbourne, uh, we got a team that flies over from Fiji to play in our lower grades up in Queensland, they've got a team that flies in from PNG to play in the Queensland Cup. You know, all of the expansion through the Pacific Islands has been triggered because of the Australian game. And yet, you know, English rugby league types, they, they get upset because they 
you know, have to travel from one county to the other. And, you know, then they say, well, the NRL's the problem. It's like, fuck off. Sort your own problems out. Mm-hmm. Stop fucking whinging at us. Um, I know World Support News also had another comment on here for this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, he's got a few more. It sounds like he was commenting as he was listening. Okay, um, that's all right. That's good. Like, and I'm not attacking the people that are nah. listening to the podcast. It's just sometimes some things they say trigger me and I need to rant. <laughs> um, believe me, lads, the English means no, it's not right over here and are crying out for change. Don't paint us all in the same brush. We know our rugby league. We invented the game. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean much. Um, sadly, British rugby league has been run by clowns for a long time now. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. English fans know it. Like, of course it, they do. They, they, yeah, how can they not know it? And they're frustrated as fuck, you know? It's a small minority that, a very, very small minority that turns around and says, oh, the fucking NRL. Most of them are just like, man, I, I, I follow my English team and they they do their best and they fucking, I just like to go to the games and I wish it was better, but it's not. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Um. You also said, come on, lads, you mock the English and British game, but it has a level of heritage, tradition, and culture that is unmatched around the world. Rugby league is a true rebel sport born out of the working class in Northern England, and we were told 126 years ago that we would not last five years. But here we are still going strong. Let's just go with you are still going. (laughs) We will never die, and we gave this great sport to you guys in Australia, so be grateful. They gave it to us, and we improved it every single day since. We're not being ungrateful. Yeah. Um, he then says, by the way, I'm from Leeds, you daft lads. I can't 100% tell you that barely no one does meth in UK, and especially Leeds, but you're right. Leeds is a huge cokehead city, and we too. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, NRL idiots listening to media idiots and ruining rugby league. <laughs> the sports boffin 89 says, I discovered your channel through one of my subscribers. In regards to a draft system, the salary cap is set up to work with the draft. However, as things stand, there are many obstacles in the way. The clubs are a big sticking point. Will the players be on board? Also, the league needs to get to 18 teams, as an odd team league doesn't work as well as an even team league. If a draft is brought in, it will... In will they be able to draft from the Super League over here in Europe? I use as an example as I follow the NHL, where they draft from junior leagues, unis, and top Euro leagues. I'd appreciate your feedback on my video on the subject. Another fear I have is deliberate tanking for picks. Yeah, and that, you know, look, my NBA team right now is tanking for picks, and they were last year as well. And, uh, you know, it's I, I don't agree that a, dra- a, a salary cap is set up to be used in conjunction with the draft. I, I just don't agree with that. I think well, that they're both two different things. They are, they are definitely two different things. Initially, it was set up to be used in conjunction with the draft, but the salary cap has changed to exist without a draft and never with a draft. That's the way it works now. Mm. Um, the salary cap in England might be able to function alongside a draft um, because it's not very strict. So that would that would allow drafts to be able to tell what to function alongside it, but it's there's not really that much wriggle room in the NRL salary cap to allow for players to get drafted in, especially if a draft is done at the, you know, near the end of the preseason. Because most salary caps are full by then. Yeah. And like we've talked about just why drafts are a a 
bloody terrible thing in all sports, really. Um, you know, it, it's not too many sports where they really properly work. And it's just unfeasible in rugby league. The structure of rugby league is completely different from any of the competitions that use a draft. Uh, the junior development is completely different. It's funded completely differently. And we've gone through that so many times. We've, In fact, yeah. if you go on my website and you search up um, NRL, uh, NRL draft episodes, I think we've done four of them so far. Yes, we have. We've been, we've been over that one a few times. We even did a uh, history episode on the birth of the Sunner Cap and the draft. Yep, yep. Um, a quick chat between award-winning podcasters. <laughs> I really enjoyed the show. I appreciate you all guys focusing on Super League 2 instead of just the NRL. Yeah, we, we love rugby league everywhere. Um, rugby league history. Ferg on the Freak were deserved winners of Logo of the Year and were voted by the people accordingly. Yeah. We That's were. right. The people. Best, the people. The best logo. It's so That's good. Right. Um, reading our YouTube comments, part one. <laughs> uh, rugby league history said, great episode. The sports boffin says, I dread to go back through my comment section. Don't worry, mate. We've just done it for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the 1997 season, Rugby League history, um, says, I think one thing about Newcastle 97 is in some ways they were very lucky to win the premiership that year. They were down 20 nil in the first week of the finals with Parramatta. Then they lost to Manly before playing North Sydney. If Jason Taylor didn't have the worst kicking day of his career, the Norths would have won that match. In the grand final against Manly, Manly had a penalty goal late in the game, which they missed, which would have won it. Then Newcastle won on the bell. Take nothing away from them, but a lot had to fall into place for Newcastle to win. Um, as they say in the classics, you make your own luck sometimes. True. Apart from Jason Taylor playing terribly in the finals, that's like lock it in. <laughs> that is a lock. <laughs> um, the West Tigers, a boulevard of broken dreams. Oh, this was a classic. This was, <laughs> I remember, <laughs> this was just you basically just needing to vent. Yeah. You need to get something off your chest. I'd, I'd been dabbling on little small vents. Yeah. Throughout, you know, the last 18 months. And this one was just like, just just fucking get it out of the system and move on, will you? <laughs> um, Rugby League History said, the West Tigers are the worst one club in the NRL, the worst retention recruitment as well. With other teams who have come last or near the bottom, over time you see improvement or light at the end of the tunnel. For West, I see no light or no hope. That is it. Yeah, it's, I, I agree with him. Like, like it, man, I don't, want to, I don't want to upset you going into the season. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Um, reading our YouTube comments part two, uh, Rugby League History again says, thanks for reading out my comments. Of course we're going to read your comments. We're catching yeah. up. Read out um, everyone's comments. Another West Tigers rant. He says, Andrew is absolutely fuming. <laughs> <laughs> Must have swore in that one. Um, George Williams, James Hooper and the Canberra Raiders drama. Rugby League History again with Hooper v. Williams is very close to being another chapter of my off-field rivalry video series. <laughs> <laughs> Rugby League History has some really good videos. Hey, I, I watch them, and uh, he's spot on with, like, most of them. Most of them I watch them, and I'll be like, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, they're really good. Absolutely. The 2021 NRL fans poll and Rugby League History against this. The NRL fans polls are daft. Only 20,000 people did the Daily Telegraph one, and they come out saying Melbourne are the most supported club in the NRL. 
According to who? Just 20,000 people. What about the means of other people who didn't bother to fill in the poll? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting how they work out who the most supported clubs are. Even like when they'll, they'll have, you know, they'll have these groups that do studies and things like that, and they'll come out with some, you know, most supported club index. And I always find that a bit strange as well. Yeah. Um, why won't French people travel to pie shops in Warrington? Uh, Len Bretta, long-time listener. Yeah. Um, he replied with, I thought all the pie shops were in Wigan, except for cream pies. Actually, I think that's a different tube channel. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on. <laughs> yeah, that, let's just not go there. Um, YouTube comments part two. RJ World Sports News said, I was absolutely devastated that the Wolfpack were kicked out of Super League. Mm. I went to the first game, a doubleheader at Headingley. Sonny Bill looked well off the pace. He certainly was. Honestly, you may think the narrative is that English-British fans didn't care, but they did. It was exciting. Um, mm. Oshay Ole and the great NRL Cake Bake Off. <laughs> we have the best headlines <laughs> for our podcast. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. Um History of football enjoyed this video. Oh, nice. That's good. That's good. Um, the West Tigers and Penrith Panthers need to calm down. <laughs> this is Rugby League History again says, I think what Dane Laurie did was a very poor look and really bad timing considering he was photographed in a Penrith shirt the day before West released their new logo, new era campaign. I'm surprised most people were not outraged by it. But then again, Australians are a bit laid back in comparison to people in England. If Dane, Dane Laurie had have done that here, it would have been World War Three. Yeah, he's right, actually. That people would have gone fucking crazy. Can you imagine, like, if if it was, like, a Hull KR player was seen in a Hull FC jersey after <laughs> Hull FC had won? Like, <laughs> yeah, that'd like go down well. a wall would have been built across <laughs> the middle of the city. Well, around that person's house. Yeah, yeah. Um, YouTube comments part two. Tom, Tomo said... The 2021 Rugby League World Cup is being labelled as the biggest and best yet, but is this true? Initially, I did agree, but recently I've seen a few critical tweets from the Rugby League dinosaur, and it's cast a few doubts in my mind. I want to know your views on the World Cup next year. I also need to say that I love the show, champs. I've listened to many podcasts, but no one compares to you guys, which leads me to my next question. Was one of you in a barren wasteland and the other in Sydney? Have you two ever met face-to-face? No, what would, what would we meet face-to-face? That's gross. Yeah, let's be honest. I've got a fucking ugly face. That's that's why I'm a historian. I'm a statistician. I'm a podcaster. Yeah, I'm a fucking uh, Instagram model. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's me and Kylie Jenner. Um, Like, no, we haven't met face to face. We're actually going to do it. um, uh, Like, was it? It wasn't last year. I think it was the year before we were kind of like, oh, yeah, let's gear up for that. And then. COVID really kicked in on. Well, and it actually, was it was going to be at the end of the 2019 season, and then the bushfires kicked up. Oh, that's right. Uh, around the same time that I I got the job I've got now. Yeah. And then yeah, COVID kicked in after the bushfires um, nearly devastated the entire area where I grew up, which was all throughout January 2020. Um, and then COVID came in early March, and you know. Bricky's been living in his bunker ever since. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I was going to open the um, the door to my bunker the other day, and I thought against it. 
But that, that's a wise move. Yeah, but was were we talking about I was gonna was I gonna drive down or fly yeah. down? You're gonna you're gonna drive down. Yeah, because I don't mind doing a long drive. I I, I quite like long drives. Yeah, so. Well, that's the first question he said, too. He said... Uh, we want said, to know our views on World Cup next year. Oh, yeah. It, look, Rugby It'll League be... Dinosaur on Twitter is a really good follow. Yes. And he points out a lot of... It, it's weird. I feel like he's like... Uh, I feel like he, he's part of my... Um, I don't know what you'd call it. Circle? Legacy. I, th- I feel like part of my legacy is rugby oh. league dinosaur because oh, like he says things and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Part of he's part of your echo chamber. Yes, definitely. Well, we, we've all got an echo chamber. Is there any other sort of legacy? You want to have a fucking echo chamber if it's a legacy? Absolutely. Name. You know you're important when you've got your own echo chamber. Exactly. But no, he points out a lot of interesting things like uh, the lack of rugby league games that will be in the south of England. And he was actually, he did a tweet the other day where he said the uh, Rugby League World Cup in France will be easier for people in London to get to than the one in England. That's <laughs> <laughs> fucking classy. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that Australia will play Tonga in the final, and I don't know who'd win that game. I think it will be, I worry about Tonga in terms of not having played much recently. And I think that that's going to going to affect them, but um, so I'm going to lean more towards uh, Australia versus New Zealand. You know what I'd love to see in the final is Papua New Guinea or yeah. France. Oh my! If I if one of those two got in there, I don't care who they're playing. I'm going for them. Can you imagine PNG in a rugby league World Cup final against? They will them? destroy. Oh. Everything that's standing in the opposite direction. If you're not wearing a PNG shirt, they're going to run holes through you. Yeah, like uh, I just can't even imagine what that would look like. It's it would be the most brutal rugby league match ever. That's all right. Um, YouTube comments part two. History of football again said uh, I enjoyed this video. That's good. Um, in the same class as Aaron Roper. This sounds a bit more recent. <laughs> that wasn't that. Um, that was the one where we mentioned that Gary Schofield <laughs> has only played 49 tests. Only, yes. Yeah, that's it. He didn't play 50. That no, was important. That's only right. legends have played 50. He was with that. He was in the Aaron Raper class. <laughs> right. You've got first and then all the losers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rugby League history replied with that one. You've got to love Ferg on the freak. You do. You do. Yeah. Uh, history of football also said class video. <laughs> Um, Super League on free-to-air TV and a world club challenge in Penrith. Carsten Brummer says, mm-hmm. finally, free-to-air coverage for Super League, and I think the world club challenge should be sold to the highest bidder who offers a prize money, and then the NRL teams will come to win and the Cups get more recognised. Oh, and never call yourself Iron Man again. You never know whether Iron ends up on your body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's funny. Um Super League on Freeware TV. Again, we've got RJ's World Sports News. He says, it's good to see this. wonder if Channel 4 relocating to Leeds, a rugby league stronghold, had anything to do with this. Uh, Majestic used to be the Super Nightclub in Leeds. Now it's Channel 4, listed building. Now we have Super League on Freeware Channel 4, as well as usual pay TV stuff on Sky Sports and highlights on BBC Freeware. We gave the Challenge Cup Freeware on BBC and also some games to Sky Sports. 
We have also have all World Cup games and major England internationals on BBC Free to Wear. We also have the RFL Championship on subscription TV station Premier Sport. Then we have the Our League streaming app from the RFL, but that needs improvements. Hell yeah, it does. Um, we have the Sportsman YouTube TV channel, which has some regular games on it too. In terms of World Cup Challenge, it'll be on Sky Sports as usual. So there you go. They're actually getting some broadcasting for a while. It's only taken them about 30 years too long to get that sorted out. Yeah. Yeah, television, hey? Welcome to television, Northern England. Yeah. Um, RJ World Sports News again adding to that. This is why the World Club Challenge has no pulling power, because the Aussies don't take it seriously. It needs revamping so that the results do matter. It doesn't help it's in pre-season. I agree it needs to be at a point in the season when players and teams are in their primes. I disagree with the UK just expect Aussies to play in the UK. And let's be honest, it's not a case of that. The case is that for the game to be competitive, it's more likely to be that if it's played in the UK, British teams can't compete when it's played in Australia, sadly. Yeah, look, I just think that, you know, if you if you played the World Club Challenge mid-season in the UK and you gave the Australian team, like, you know, 10 days over in England, I think it would be a slaughter. I, th- I think the fact that it's played in February really helps the UK teams. Um, I think in the past, that whole comment about, you know, the home ground advantage or the home nation advantage probably had merit. Mm. I, I don't think it does anymore. I, look, I, th- I feel as though... In well, not, last... not, to, not to the same extent anyway. Yeah, I, I think in the last, say, 10 to 15 years, um, sports clubs across the world have got better at travelling and working out how to not be affected so much by a really long travel. So I think that that's definitely taken away a bit of the advantage. But um, what they could do, Mm. let's do something to represent a rather historical moment in rugby league's history. Mm -hmm. Play the game at a neutral venue in Colombo. All right. Okay, because on New Zealand's first ever tour in yeah. 1907, yeah, they played three games against um, New South Wales, but they were rugby union games because we didn't in, in Australia we did not have the rule book on how to play rugby league at that stage. Yeah. So we played rugby union games against the New Zealand team. The first rugby league game that New Zealand played on their tour was in a stopover in Colombo, and they played against a team from Salon, Salon, whatever it is, C-Y-L-O-N. Mm-hmm. And I believe that was the first ever rugby league game that the New Zealand team played on their tour. So let's play a game over there to represent that game. And it's like a halfway point between the two countries. No home ground advantage. Everyone's fair and square. I'd be up for that. There you go. And they can play for a box of tea. Box of tea, yeah. We could get... Uh... We could get Kamal to be the, like, uh, I don't know, just anything. He could sing the national anthems. Just, yeah, yeah. He could sing both of them, hey. God, they would be smooth. I can't remember the Sri Lankan national anthem. He's not singing that one. He's singing the Australian one and the English one. And the New Zealand one. Because there's a lot of New Zealanders in both sides. Yeah, yeah. And probably the Tongan one. And there might be the French one. The Wales one. Jeez, he's going to be busy. Yeah, he's going to have to learn a lot of new words. Huh? <laughs> he is. <laughs> it could be a while. Uh, 
He's just going to be doing a pre-match concert where all he does is just sings national anthems. Let's just scrap the footy all together and just listen to Kamal sing in Colombo. I'm up That's, for that. I'm I'm not going to say no to that. Yeah. I mean, he's got a lovely, lovely voice. Um, rugby league history. I think it is best if the World Club Challenge is not played this year due to the Chinese virus. However, I think the World Club Challenge is good exposure for the two teams involved. If Penrith did come here to England, it would be good exposure for them. And likewise, if St. Helens went there. Yeah. You know, um, Sports Buff on 89. Didn't want to travel. What can nah. I say? Sports Buff on 89 says, The TV deal in the UK is a starting point, but the issue with rugby league here in the UK is the lack of expansion in Midlands and south of England and the rest of the UK. Sky Sports TV deal is really bad money-wise in comparison to other sports. Channel 4 is also a struggling broadcaster, which has lost most of its sports coverage over recent years. Let's hope this is a step in the right direction. The NRL has been a superior comp in all areas for a long time now, and to be honest, it's much better to watch. But, but, mm-hmm. as much as Channel 4 may be struggling, Rugby League in England is struggling more. And if the two can work together, I, I wouldn't say that Rugby League is going to save Channel 4, but I dare say Channel 4 televising every rugby league game is going to be more helpful to rugby league's cause than what they're currently doing where they've got half the super league games being telecast live anyway well i i don't even think it's that many games i think it's only about 10 games over the course of the year hey? so what they should be doing here if channel four is struggling they should start looking at joining up with the rfl and that our our league streaming service mm-hmm. do that you know, the the big problem that they've got, if I'm a TV executive and I've got sports content, I say, okay, what's our sports content for the biggest city in the country, London? And they're like, well, nothing. Rugby League gives us nothing now. It's okay, okay. What about uh, Birmingham? Nothing. Midlands? Nothing. Okay. What about okay, if we've got something we can promote in Manchester? No. Uh, how about Liverpool? Is there something we can give to the Liverpool audience? No. And it's just like, that's the problem for English Rugby League. That's but at the, least that's now that it's problem. going to be on a, a TV channel, which everyone's got access to. Yeah. You finally start getting some eyes on it, but you can't be looking at expansion until people know what they're, you know, people know what the game is. They're True, willing to watch the, it. But at the same time, you can't expect the entire nation to be glued to their TV to watch fucking Warrington play Wakefield either, you know? Like, there's only a certain ceiling you can hit with you these clubs. You've got to start somewhere, though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's where, and it's and that's, that's where they're at. In, at 1980. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's 40 years too late, but <laughs> better late than never, sort of, almost. <laughs> um Killer Venture says, 10-part Ferg on the Freak series on the issues of Super League confirmed. We could do that, hey? Oh, boy. We should do that. I don't that's know if that's... Idea. I don't know what would be more punishing, that or constantly bitching about the West Tigers. Uh, yeah, it's big 50-50. It's pretty close. <laughs> um, breaking news, Reed Mahoney signs a four-year deal with the, with the Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Um Rugby League history says, I've lost all respect for Mahoney. Yes, he was at Canterbury SG ball level after signing from Nambour, but at the end of 2017, Canterbury cut him ruthlessly. They told him he would never make a 10 or level. He even spoke about it on Bloke in a Bar, saying he was ready to quit Rugby League after being cut, and Parramatta gave him a go and made him what he is. Him to leave is bad enough, but to sign for Canterbury is a huge no-no. 
I've heard that a couple of times, hey, and I wonder, I, I wonder how they got around it because they must have addressed it. I don't know if they sat him down and said, look, that was the previous administration and we're looking to fix that up. Uh, and also here's a shitload of money. Like that's my, is my guess is what they did. Yeah. Um, Cairo Wiki said, where's the source? I mean, we're reputable. What do we need to give sources for? What's the, the source for what? The, the read my only thing. Ah, oh, it's, it's us. We're the source. As I said, we're reputable. Yeah. You just got to trust us because, you know, we're trustworthy. We won an award. Hello. <laughs> what do you people want? Yeah. Um, the state of the Parramatta Eels was Elliot Richardson. Rugby League history replied, Having been a Parramatta supporter my entire life, I do not have the same optimism as the guest on the show. The 2022 season is slowly starting to remind me of 2011, where we let go of players good and bad, but our major, major signings for that year were Carl Webb, Chris Hicks, Paul Fadawira, Chris Walker, and Casey Maguire. Shit. That, was, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? <laughs> good days. I remember looking at Parramatta those years going, well, at least the Tigers aren't finishing last this year. We made the finals. Yeah, man, if you take them all at their very best, they're still rough signings, huh? It's, it's rough. Yeah. Um, so far, we've lost three players and have signed nobody. We've been linked to Curtis Scott. That's a bad one. Mitch Rain, Sam Barrels. That's it. Then some of the decisions behind the scenes haven't given people much confidence. Appointing McGregor, Ennis. We all know how he went at Canberra. Simon Wolford, who had a failed coaching job at Huddersfield. I'll give Wolford some slack because Huddersfield were... Um, they were, they'd been treading water for a while, and then they started going backwards, and they were pushing towards, um, you know, being relegated at one stage a few years back. Wolford at least turned that shit around and fixed the roster up enough to get them back into the top eight. Mm. Sure, the last two seasons have been a top six, but they're moving in the right direction again. I'm not saying he's a great coach, but I wouldn't say he was a failure. I think he turned around what was a club that was heading to the shit pretty slowly mm-hmm. and, and very, very um, miserably. Yeah. He, he steadied that shit and turned it around a little bit. So they're at least moving in an upward sort of plateau. <laughs> <laughs> upward. <laughs> That's so hard to spit though, isn't it? It's like, it's, it's such a steady improvement. It's, it's basically a plateau. plateau. Yeah. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, Rugby History says he's very concerned for next season. The guest also mentions how Manly are being worked out. Well, we we worked them out, didn't we? We got batted 56-10 last time we played them. <laughs> it's going to be really interesting to see what happens to Manly this year, hey? Yeah. yeah it's going to come down to the fullback. Um, History of Football said on the same episode, I agree with some of what was said, but not all. You cannot go comparing Brandon Smith to Ray Stone. Wait, I can't remember us doing that. I wasn't on there, so, you know, I know I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't remember us doing that. But, you know, that's all right if he doesn't agree with us. We don't need everyone to agree with what's said on the podcast. No, we know we're right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's talking about England. Regular <laughs> history says, I have an issue with players signing contracts with other clubs one to two years in advance, especially with Reed signing a contract with Paramount as arch rivals Canberra for 2023 and beyond. 
Can you imagine how awkward it would be at training? Halo's had an announcement. I signed with our rivals, a club who hates us more than anyone for 2023. No hard feelings. Um, don't care. I think I said. I, I think I made that pretty clear in the episode too. I, I yeah. don't care if a player signs two years in advance. Um, if they make that decision to do that, then if they've got to go to training until they've their teammates at the time that news, then they must be prepared to do that because they wouldn't have made that decision in the first place. So you know what? At least they're owning it. No, I don't care. Yeah, and I don't think we've seen. I mean, how many players have we ever seen that they've made that that move to go to a different club and then they've just sort of played terribly? Like the only time I can think that anything like that happened was when. Justin Hodges signed as a young bloke, signed a contract for the Roosters. And then Wayne Bennett chose not to play him for the rest of the year, which is also fine as well. I had no problems with that either. But uh, I don't think we've seen someone sign with another club ahead of time and then just sort of phone it in for their last year at the club that they're at. Pretty much everyone that was Tigers signed. Um... <laughs> He's talking about England. History of football says, Ferg on the freak, give it to St. Helens. I thought it would have been rather nice. Uh, yeah, it was the kind of stuff I could have said. Yeah. Uh, the King of Rugby League Awards. Mm-hmm. Rugby League History says, the glorious league freak has to be the most anti-English person I've ever known. I've got, to ask, I've got to ask for Rugby League History's uh, um, perspective here. Are you racist against the English? <laughs> Me? Yes. <laughs> England's not a race, it's a country. Well, yeah, we, we, we're being tokenistic here. As I said, as I've said, because I, I this was used to be chuck at me before, right, when I used to go on forums and stuff, they'd say, you're racist against England. I'd say, it's not racism, it's xenophobia, you idiot. <laughs> That's right. I've got to ask it like the, the commoners would ask it. Mm-hmm. No, um, I've got nothing against England. But that's the problem. I don't think they're special. That's the uh, real problem. We'll, we'll we'll work on this. Okay. Do you think I need to go to some sort of that? What sort of therapy would I need to go to? Uh, gravy therapy. Gravy therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I just think Yorkshire puddings and gravy the whole time. Every every time you say something negative about England, mm-hmm. they just they just force feed you gravy for half an hour. Yeah, it'd be like waterboarding, but just with gravy and no towel. Jesus, if they started <laughs> doing that, I'd end up looking like a St. Helens hooker. Big round. I almost <laughs> I remember think, that. Do you remember that worked. time that we, I had to cut something out of the podcast? Yes. yes. I, I, that's what I want to say, but I'm not going to. Yes. I thought you were going to say rotund. Rotund. <laughs> yeah. Um. In day. <laughs> Thoughts on all 16 clubs in 2022. Um, Rugby League History said, Ferg on the Freak is your one-stop shop for comedy, action, controversy, and anti-English sentiments. <laughs> Got the impression we, we might have come across as being a bit anti-English of late. I'm, I'm not anti-English. No, you're not. No. You love English people, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. What? Uh, just, you know, awkward silence. Yeah. Um, 
that's the end of the we've actually finally caught up with all the comments oh there we go well that was good look i've got a comment from twitter as well and it was from simpsons related nrl who's uh, a follower of ours absolute legend yeah and he put up a poll and it, and it says with the 2025 rugby league world cup announced being france to help grow the international game would you like the qualification process to be and he's got three choices here and he says, A, to be left as is, B, to tweak the format and add more nations, or C, develop a second-tier World Cup similar to cricket with the best teams winning a place in the top competition. We kind of have that system at the moment. We've got the Emerging Nations World Cup, mm-hmm. but it's not exactly the the next tier down. I believe it's designed to be the most recent teams that have been added to the international list. See teams like, for example, Turkey, Philippines, Thailand, that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm not sure. I think with the first, because they've only done two of these Emerging Nations World Cup, I think the first one they did, they, they only included part-time members or casual members of the International Rugby League. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's still the case now, but it'd be something along those lines. But I think, I think you could probably have three different tiers. So you have those emerging nations, have the next tier of nations above that, then have the actual rugby league world cup. Mm-hmm. Try and run them all in the same year, so you can have an actual absolute parade of international rugby league in one year. It would be very cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. I like you know, I, have, I don't know. Watching if, Russia play Ukraine. Man, can you imagine that? Yeah, you just have I just, Adam, you know, what's his Matt Nabel on there? And you just be talking yeah. about Vladimir Putin going, How about this bloke? How about this bloke? Shot down some planes, allegedly, <laughs> and, then, and they took Crimea. <laughs> the uh, the I don't know, I, I think that there is a point where you can have too many teams in the World Cup though. Oh, yeah, I'm not talking about expanding the current World Cup. I, I think the number of teams is good. I'm just saying you'd have essentially three different types of World Cups. Yeah. Um, but you, play, you wouldn't play them all at the same time. Obviously, you want to stretch them out, so you, you're maximising the amount of international rugby league being broadcast to the world. And you just want that In- shit to be like an absolute hammer blow all the time. There's more international rugby league. There's more. There's just more of it. There's even more. Look at that. It's just We're just fucking laying that shit on. Lather mm. it on thick. There's more of it. Yeah, just rugby keep it going. Bu- rugby league bukaki. Exactly. What exactly. What we really need is an under twenties World Cup desperately. Under twenties one. That's probably not a bad idea. Jeez, I, I would wouldn't be surprised if we already have one. You know what they need to start doing is actually also televising in prime time the wheelchair World Cup and the women's World Cup. Do you know I haven't watched much wheelchair rugby league at all i don't know got the, if it's was good, it good to, P, good to pdrl the physically disabled yep. rugby league as well yeah yeah um you know put these things on people want to watch rugby league and you know with with the pdrl and the the wheelchair one completely different rules yeah so it, it gives you um, a new appreciation for it because you're seeing it being played in a completely different way Really, um, there's different rules. What is what's the? Do you know what the rules are? How they're different? 
Uh, I don't know. There's, there's some tweaks with the PDRL one because you've got people playing with all different types of disabilities. So the the rules are changed to be, I dare say, um, you still got the physical contact, but it's not as intense. Mm. Um, it, it does look to be a bit quicker, though. I so wonder. It's kind, of, it's kind of like aggressive tag. Okay, so from, you, from what I've seen, anyway, we need to get somebody on that can well, Adam, uh, Adam answer Hills. this question. Adam Hills is yep. huge on that. Let's get him on. I reckon we should. My question is: say you've got like prosthetic legs are a bit different because they're sort of you're running on them, right? But if you, like you can't play with a prosthetic arm, could you? They actually had. There has been people who have played, you know, top level rugby league in England, yeah. Um, who only had one arm. There's a guy who played reserve grade for Western Suburbs in the 80s who went over to England and played over there. He only had one arm and he was a fullback. But he, what? What the fuck? Yeah, and he wasn't too bad either. Yeah. Holy um, shit. Yeah, I think there's been one or two others that also only had one arm and they played played rugby league and they they didn't just play one tokenistic game they played quite a few games yeah and, you know, over i know to where nick out played and he had a prosthetic leg yeah i, he, I don't know if it was, i think he just might have played like just normal footy though yeah i'm, I'm not too sure but uh yeah there's been a few i just wonder um, what the rules are in terms of like if say you do play with a prosthetic arm, for instance, the, it can't. It's got to be super padded up. Like you know, when a, a referee checks your gear, or they're yeah. supposed to check gear to make sure there's nothing that can hurt the opposition. Like, it, what are the rules in terms of making sure your prosthetics don't hurt the opposition? Like, they must have rules for if you've got a prosthetic leg, you've got to have certain sort of padding and stuff like that like i would be really interested to find that out no, so i think it's that's one of the things that changed the way the tackle rule are because you might tackle someone around the legs and if they've got prosthetic legs you might you know pull the actual prosthetic limb off and that's just yeah you, i mean like i'm not i'm not saying this to be you know making jokes and all that but it just no, means no. that if that was to happen then you know you've got to stop the game while it gets reattached stuff like that. so i think what happens is they're just they do standing tackles. Okay. And they just call held. I guess there's also the thing of like grand final. <laughs> what if that happens in the grand final? You, you go for a tackle around the legs again on the winger. And he's like, I've got to eject this leg. I've got to get on with it. <laughs> just not off the sideline. Yeah, he starts hopping down. Even if he gets out of the tackle just enough that he gets an offload. Like, they, so they must have certain sorts of rules in place for stuff like that. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I mean, as I said, I've only seen a few highlights from over in England, but I'm pretty sure I saw yeah. they were all just doing a standing tackle. Yeah. So it was a pretty quick thing. So That's you just okay. grabbed them, that was held. As I said, it's kind of like a slightly more aggressive version of touch footy, so to speak, but with kicking yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, Sounds like what you play at lunchtime somewhere, yeah, sometimes in kind school. of. Yeah. Without without that big smart ass prick who always hit people around the face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, we we should get someone on. I'm really interested to find out those those rules, those different rules. Oh, absolutely, it'd be it'd be fascinating. It'd be also good to get a uh, a wheelchair rugby league player on as well. 
Cause yeah, because I would be interested. Is that the to one they call? I think they call it murder ball. Well, I think murder ball is rugby union. Oh, okay, uh, I, I but, thought it was league, but anyway, it's um, it's not too different, and it's mate, they're fucking brutal. It's like a, it's like a um, you know, smash up derby. Yeah, those See, guys just throw I'll, themselves into it. I would love to know about how their gear is as well. Like, do they have? I, I know they would have special wheelchairs for it, but do they have rules on what those wheelchairs can look like and be like and weight? And I, I'm just fascinated with all that sort of. I'm wondering if it'd be like F1 rules about you know wings and spoilers and stuff like that. Well, can you imagine if they've got rules where they say it has to be made out of aluminium? Because they don't want people spending fifty thousand dollars on a fucking carbon fiber wheelchair, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But then again, it would a really light wheelchair be better for you, or do you want a heavier one? Like these are the things we need to know. Absolutely, one of the great questions. I think that's yeah. something we, that that can be a goal for this year to try and get people from from those two different um, versions of the game to come on and explain to us and the, and everybody else listening, you know. How those games work? That, I wonder, that'd, that'd be brilliant. Like, oh, man, I got so many questions. Like, imagine if 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 somebody found out you get heaps of ballast and you just fill your wheelchair with lead and no <laughs> one can stop you. Like, there's got to be rules against it. <laughs> what if there's rules on how much you inflate your tires? You know, if you overinflate, yeah. do you are you getting an advantage of people who who um. Yeah, don't overinflate by so much. Do they have to be traditional wheelchair tyres? Because, like, what if you had really thick wheelchair tyres? Man, I see this, see, this is why I can't have nice things. Because we get into talking about wheelchair rugby league straight away, I'm thinking of cheating. <laughs> how, how can I ruin someone else's day? Fucking going out there is like, oh, wow, you know, there's no rule that says you can't have a fucking motor on this thing, is there? <laughs> How can I exploit the rules? Yeah, pretty much. So you've you've been watching too much NRL. You know what? Moneyball. That's all I've got to say. Moneyball. Just moneyball. No, I know it means, but I'm going by the, and I'm not a journalist. I was accused of that during the week too. Fucking cunts. But Ooh. yeah, fucking bunch of people were like, oh, that's not journalism. I was, I had to send them the, I'm not a journalist page. But, um. Yeah, like you just say Moneyball and you just leave it at that. That's what happens with all of the media people in Australia. They've got no context for it. It means nothing about Moneyball, but you just say Moneyball. Moneyball mm. from a journalist. Remember when the Bulldogs signed Matt Burton? Yeah, yeah. Moneyball. Moneyball? Yeah. Moneyball. Were, you, were you a journalist then? No, never been a journalist. Are you sure? 100%. I tell you how I know, because I've got a fucking soul. <laughs> that is a bit of a giveaway. I have something that's called empathy. Are you sure about that? Well, <laughs> 50 50, really, but. It's 50 50. All right. So, should we flush out some plans for the year or not? We'll just keep that in the house like we always do. And surprise well, everyone. Well, the big news we got to keep to ourselves for now. Yeah, we'll do that. But uh, I think we can say that we've got 
we're looking to we'll be doing a midweek show where we look at the games ahead coming up in the NRL. We can talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, we're going to we'll be check doing some, we'll check some some stats in there and a bit of you know a bit of analysis and history and shit. Yeah, and who we think are going to win the games and things like that. I think one of the things that people would love to know is like who we're tipping for the upcoming round, things like that. So we're we're going to do those shows and around them we're going to kind of continue to do what we've always done. Um, but yeah, that's that we're going to have that dedicated show in there. Yes, and I'm working on a an idea for some history episodes as well. Oh, nice. So. Can you give us an? Can you give us a hint? Eh, I haven't started yet. <laughs> oh, oh, damn it! Now, I've got an idea. It's going to be kind of like a, um, you know, this past month in rugby league history. Okay. Yeah, that sort of thing. That's cool. And I'll be looking at not, you know, so for example, not January in every single year, mm-hmm. but we'll just pick one year which we'll focus on for this season, mm-hmm. and we'll look back on. That might, you know, January in that year, whatever it might be. Okay. So, and like January 1967. Yeah. And then it'll be yeah. February 1967. It's, you know, we'll go back and look over one whole season like that. Okay. That's we'll interesting. We'll do it month by month. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be kind of like what we did with the 97, 98 episodes, stuff like that. Yeah. But instead of one episode where we go on for three hours, mm-hmm. we'll just do bits and pieces every month. I like that idea. Yeah. So that, that's that's an idea I had. I've got a shit ton of work to do though this month. So we'll see how we go for January. <laughs> well, you know, I know you you sit at work and you put your feet up and you know you, you mm. press the button for the secretary and say, "Bring me more coffee, love," because that's how you talk to them. That's and, right. Uh, Pet. You know, yeah, that, you that's pick, what I do. Guess you got plenty of time on your hands. Yeah, yeah. Um, not not doing a great deal at this stage. Nah, nah. How's uh, how's the the little one, the future Panthers fan? Um, he's he's going all right. Yeah, he's going all right. Nice. He's uh, yeah, he's going. He's a very very smiley, happy kid. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so we're, we're lucky. We got we got two happy children. Yeah. Yeah. You feed them enough rum. oh shit that's funny you know we've got to know whether they're going to be angry on the rum or whether they're going to be happy and lovely on the rum and you know they're both happy and lovely you only find that out between the ages of like you know three months and three years you got to work it out early well that's right you don't want them to find this shit out when they're bloody 19 or 20 yeah it's all of a sudden it's like oh they're an angry drunk man i could have found that out 19 years ago Exactly. You don't want that shit over your head. Exactly. So, yeah, we're sorting that shit out. It's all good. So, um, Andrew, if people were going to look for us on social media channels, where would be the best places to find us? Well, obviously, Twitter. That's where we work. I mean, yeah. I've barely said anything in the last two months on there because, you know, drinking coffee. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm at Andrew RP. You're at League Freak. You can also check out the uh, podcast account on Twitter and Instagram at Fergo Freak Pod. Mm-hmm. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. Please subscribe to us on YouTube and like as many videos as you can. I know there's 380 odd to click on over there. Um, you don't have to click on all, click thumbs up on all of them, 
but you do. Yeah, just it's the least you can do, you bludger. Yeah, and press play on all of them. Yeah. You should probably sit there and listen to all of them and then leave comments because now you know that we will read those comments out. Yeah, so, like leave stars. If you've got a podcast and that, leave five stars or whatever the most stars you can give us or thumbs up or, you know, uh, leave a nice comment. Thank yeah. Gary Schofield and all your comments, obviously. Yeah, that will go down a treat. He will um, love it. And obviously those comments will all go up on the um, the podcast website. Yeah, they will. And the podcasting website, if you put in www.fergoandthefreak.com, it will come up in your browser. Right. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. And we might have some to... people from St. Helens Rugby League Club listening, you know. Mm, probably, actually, yeah. We we do seem to have quite an audience of rage listeners. Yeah, it's great. I've always wanted rage listeners, hey? Yeah, they're the best. They're the best. Yeah. Um, we love you. We really do love you. We do. But, uh, you know, it's it's fun keeping, keeping you angry. <laughs> I don't know why they're angry. We're just telling them the truth. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know. It's easy. <laughs> yeah sometimes it's really easy to get people upset about things it is you know yeah you, i i like to wait for the moment where they start to realize that you know maybe they're getting all worked up over nothing yeah but some people don't you know that's the thing about this tennis player people are so fucking angry about him if they just turned their TVs off and didn't think about him, they wouldn't be angry. Isn't that yeah, a just, better choice? Yeah, just stop watching tennis. Yeah. Who's fucking watches tennis anyway? People in Melbourne. I know. Oh, it's the biggest event in Australia. Fuck off. <laughs> very well put. Very well put. Um, yeah, I suppose we can wrap this turkey up. Put yeah, it to been, bed. It's been good, Andrew. Um it's nice of you to drop into the uh, studios. Everyone was happy to see you here, all the interns and stuff. Yeah. Um, I see I, you put number 17 in the back in the cage again out the back. Been playing up again, has he? Well, you know, they've, they've had a rough three weeks and they need to learn. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, they're safe they, back there. It's climate controlled. You know, I've, air conditioners on 24-7, so it's like 16 degrees all the time back there. It's beautiful, but, beautiful weather. Yeah, Sarah, plenty of people wish they were in an air-conditioned environment 24-7. I mean, the rest of them are on the hot boxes, so you know. Exactly, exactly. Stop complaining. Yeah. Uh, do we need to put in an order for more fingering sticks? Uh, no, I, I keep my finger and stick in pretty good order. Um, I like Pristine to, condition? Yeah, yeah. I like to, every so often, I like to um, oil it up. Uh, give it a bit of a polish. It, yeah, you got to polish your finger and stick. So we're all good there. Um, and, and uh, yeah, we're we're getting the studio, the podcasting studio, ready for the for the announcement. We got, you probably wondered what the big LED screens are everywhere. That's for the announcement. It certainly is. Um, also, how's how's our um, how's our social media manager going? Well, 
we let we let her have a holiday, hey? Geez, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. We we sat her down and said, look, you can have a holiday, but you can't be gone for too long. Yeah. So there's not going to be any posts on the Instagram page, <laughs> mainly because we don't know how to use it. <laughs> I, I don't I even do. know if I've got the login for it. I do. I just I do. I just eh, can't be asked. I've got an yep. Instagram account. I barely use it myself. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I uh, I just put up things that I've bought. And, well, I mean, most of the things I do on Instagram now are just shitposting on your stuff. Yeah, what the fuck, man? <laughs> it's like, you should be, people should tag you for bullying. Whenever. No, what we should do is go through your Instagram account and check out some of the comments on there. That you've made? Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of the other comments people have made are like... Uh, Complimentary like, and nice. Yeah. 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 Yours, are, yours are offensive. I'm just, I'm just bringing the lols. The lols. <laughs> that's that's what I'm here for. That's that's what I do. I can't, I can't even remember the stuff I put on there. Just been, you know, hanging shit on you about your toys. They're not toys. They're high end collectibles. You fuck. All right. <laughs> fucking toys. The, uh, I'll post something and I'll be like, oh, this will be good, and then it's like, oh, that's nice, and then it's you going like. Oh, fucking nice doll. And it's like, oh, Jesus. That just makes me feel bad on the inside. Uh, I just, I can't help myself. I, I can't. I'm like a moth to a flame. Look, it's, it's about time someone took me down a peg or two, quite honestly. <laughs> um, Yeah, I didn't think it would be me, though. You didn't think what? I didn't think it would be me that would be doing that. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be the good guy here. Apparently, I do have it. What the fuck? I'm supposed to be the bad guy? <laughs> yeah, you're the prick. I'm the prick. <laughs> yeah, that's you're the true. one all the time. Can't even. I can't even pretend I'm not the prick. You pissed off at all of St Helens. Yeah, but it's no one important. <laughs> it's not like I upset anyone in Wigan. <laughs> hey, did you see that? That post that I've got lined up in my drafts. No, oh, oh. actually, yeah, yes, 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 I did. Yeah. Isn't that going to be? Isn't that going to be well received when I post that? I can't. <laughs> I can't wait to see that one hit. Oh, yeah, uh, go live. I'm going to wait until there's an event that will happen, <clears throat> and then I'm going to post it. It's going to be magnificent. Absolutely. Um, I'm just looking at your Instagram account now. Mm-hmm. So that you posted one of some, um, you know, one one toy robot thing. What the fuck are you talking about? It's a high end collectible. Death Watch Mandarin. Um, Mandalorian. Whatever. No one cares really. He saved Dinjarin. I think. Yeah, my comment is. Uh, I think I withdrew a hundred dollars from that a few days ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was a clever one, actually. Um. You got another one here of the something Coruscant Guard? Coruscant Guard, yes. They were the guards from the uh during the Clone Wars, they were clone guards on Coruscant. I put on here um Paul McGregor cosplay. 
Yeah, because he's wearing red and white. That's right, yeah. How dare you. Um, You've got one of some purple man with a glove on. That's Thanos. Right, I said, I had no idea that made John Hoppawati figurines. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one, actually. I mean, I could go on, but you know what? It'd be better if you just went over there, people, and followed him. And check yeah. it out for yourself. Don't follow yeah. me, because I actually have nothing to contribute on Instagram other no, than fo- shit posting on League Freaks one. But follow League Freaks so you can see it all. Follow Andrews. What's your one on Instagram? What's I don't even name? I don't even know. My name on Instagram is the Glorious League Freak and there's no spaces. Of course it is. If people <laughs> want to find me, just of course it is. Like why wouldn't it be? Well, I am glorious. I went to glorious school. Exactly. But that's that's the only way you're gonna find me on there. Because I don't know my own account. So I go to your post and go, right, where do I hang shit on him? Oh, there I am. Click. Now I can yep. find my account. I've only ever seen you post, I think, twice. Yeah, in I don't. The time I've been on there. I don't do much. I've actually done more shit posting on your pages than I've actually done posting on my own. Yeah. I think that makes me a troll. It does, yeah. People call me a troll, hey, but it's really you. <sighs> I must admit, I am quite experienced at the trolling. Yeah, you are. A legend. Anyway. And people still have no idea. I'm still a nice guy. Whatever. <laughs> I've not I've not pissed off St. Helens. Well, maybe you're doing it wrong. I I did I did get people in St. Helens or the actual St. Helens star to write mm. an article about something I did once. Oh, what did you do? Well it was when I was running the Roy Simmons account. Oh and they that's right. They couldn't determine whether it was genuine or not. So they well, actually went and asked Roy Simmons if it was real or not. <laughs> and what did he say? He said, no, nah, mate. They went, are you going to get a taken answers? No, nah, mate. Sounds like he's uh, he's having a bit of fun and, you know, it doesn't worry me. And people turn up and they're liking the footy and liking what he's doing. Because I had people going to St. Helens games with placards mm. with hashtag Roystastic written on it. <laughs> so, of course, he was loving it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, Twitter didn't like it. Yeah, it sucks that they took that down, hey? It only took them two years, but yeah. Didn't we work out that it, the timing seemed to be was when he joined the Panthers club and then someone at the Panthers club complained? I think it might have been it might have been Phil Gould because Gus was there at the time. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, Royce had come over and he picked up a job in, like, marketing or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it came around the time when, <laughs> for some reason, I was making a lot of um, shit posted about Ben Elias. <laughs> fairly certain the last tweet was something along the lines of, um, oh no, forgot to get toilet paper again. Thankfully, I had Benny Elias' autobiography that I borrowed from the library. So nice. it, was, it was good enough. And then that was it, eh? That was the last tweet, something along those lines. You had heaps of followers too, didn't you? Yeah, it hit 10,000. That's crazy. And at the time, that would have that made me one of the most followed Twitter accounts at the time. <laughs> Yeah, you would have been right up there. Yeah, I think uh, I had conversations with Robbie Farrar and Bryce Gibbs <laughs> all the time because everyone thought it was Gibbsy all the time because yeah. he's a prankster. Yeah. And he's going, no, no, it's not me, knowing that people, no one would buy that he was saying, that he was actually speaking the truth. They all just said, no, nah, it's definitely him. Mm. But, no, it's not me. But he kept chatting with him all the time. It was fantastic. <laughs> See, I've been accused of having multiple accounts on different things like forums and stuff like that. And I was always like, well, I don't need to do that. Just like I, I anger enough people as it is. 
I don't need to ch- add more people to the list, you know? Imagine doing it, though, from having a separate account where you're just the complete opposite of what you are now. A nice person. <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to see if you if you made an account where it was every single tweet was the complete opposite of what you said and how well it would be received, hey? Yeah, like you, like you if, could be on there and say the humble league freak. Yeah, well, what if you what if you did that right, and but then that account took off in a super way, like all of a sudden you had fifty thousand followers, you'd feel kind of bad because you're like, this is the complete opposite of what I would normally say. What does that say about me? Yeah, this is a lie. Well, what it says is the alternate you is woke as fuck. <laughs> woke as fuck yeah <laughs> oh shit I, I, was, I posted a couple of good tweets during the week where people were like holy shit this is deep I was, I was talking about how uh, there's a difference between supporting a cause and using a, a cause to promote yourself oh yes people like that one that went down well yeah and then I asked about that I was like remember when the bushfires happened and people raised billions of dollars across the world and then everyone that lost a house in the bushfires didn't get a new house. Like, mm. everyone should have got a new house. Yeah. That was weird. Yes, that's geez, a lot of that stuff still going on. But anyway, getting a bit serious there. I know, I know, I know. We'll leave those deep and meaningful thoughts of yours to come out whenever you usually put them out at three or four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> You just wake like, up at random times and just start tweeting. I know, right? Although there is nothing better than when you wake up and you look at your, your phone and it says, you look at Twitter and it says 20 plus and you're like, God damn it. Is this either going to be really good or really bad? What did I do? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. Alrighty. Well, I think we've, uh, we've, we've run the course on this one. Yep. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. And make sure you keep tuning in. Get everyone you know to subscribe because we're in for a bloody big year this year. We personally mm. don't really know about anything else. Who cares? But we personally are going to be in for a massive year. So, you know, you want to be on board. You um, better do it. You better be here when it happens, man. You don't want to miss a second of it. And, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Catch us all later. <laughs>